Since the outbreak of COVID-19, the word virus has been dominating media headlines as well as our daily lives. Did you know that one approach that has been proposed to control virally transmitted diseases is by releasing a virally transmitted vaccine? Unlike traditional vaccines, infectious vaccines do not require any individual consent. Infectious solutions are also being developed for food and agriculture and are currently making their way through the regulatory approval process. However, Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant, independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Wednesday, November 2nd, 2022. Thank you for joining me today. Really important show as always, but some really shocking information that has been publicly posted that somebody shared with me in regard to Australia that's being a little bit misinterpreted in regard to what it seems to be certainly possible what they think is happening, but just what it's publicly stating is shocking to me that it's being done, that it's happening in real time and what that could mean for the populations around that area, potentially the world. Maybe even that's what we're watching today. I mean, these are valid questions with what is just now being allowed to be discussed in the corporate discussion, except only in a way to put it to bed in a small way as if it was an old topic or, you know, all these things that are, we were screaming about as the independent media back in 2020 are now being like potentially quietly trying to be put to bed, you know, like the amnesty conversation, things like that. Let's just all move forward. It's all just agree to, to let bygones be bygones. Hell no, (laughs) that's, that's not going to happen. And we're not talking about the average people that were deceived. I'm talking about the politicians, the media, the people that I agree, I argue are literally criminally culpable for what happened and is continuing to happen. And I mean, like knowingly involved as well as just, you know, a lot of different angles you could argue this through, but we're going to talk about self-spreading vaccines today. And something we've talked about quite a bit that is just very, very relevant. I I would argue paramount to the conversation of what is happening now or at the very least what they're driving toward but i genuinely think this is something that we're dealing with currently whether we're dealing with the the weird obfuscation of the fact that omicron began in botswana and then spread to south africa and botswana is very openly talking about at the time this was a diplomatic mission with four diplomats who had diplomatic immunity who brought this in so it technically didn't even start i guess in in botswana and, and nobody talks about who they were, where they came from, what they brought with them. And the story now began in South Africa by every corporate media conversation. And the point being is that from that moment forward, things shifted quite a bit. So was that an attempt to do something to put this to bed with the new experimental injection? They decided we're for our best interest, but we weren't smart enough to understand. So they just did it quietly, like the, you know, bioethics without you knowing about it because it's in your best interest. We're too stupid to understand. These are high level conversations that have been had numerous times about whether it's in there, the right thing to do to for, to do this without your knowledge, because we wouldn't understand so much of that. It's in in play today, but we're going to talk about much more than that today. As usual, a big section to start today, which includes the both of Pelosi story, the Twitter story and the, you know, ongoing discussion of that is all under this distraction category today. Not necessarily meaning that they're false stories or that they're not important, 
but that they are being that are in a category I argue are distracting us, whether intentionally or not, from what is very, very, very the most important thing I've ever seen happen in my life. And just incredibly important. Now, before we get into everything today, I had a really, really powerful interview with a vaccine injured individual today. Somebody who's worked with some very high level athletes, PGA Tour, stuff like that around the world, NFL, I believe he said, but many different locations as a, as a therapist, as, as, a, as a physio, as a, what was it? It was a physical therapist and a, I, I forget, I don't want to misquote his, his uh, character. Uh, credentials but he's also a master of science has a really high level he's a very intelligent person that got fooled like many people did into getting this thing mostly because of his job and and is is severely vaccine injured and is dealing with some things that it just it's hard to hard to listen to the story even for me was (laughs) i mean almost unbelievable like i just couldn't believe what i was hearing even though i know this is happening the idea of doctors knowingly obfuscating blood clot information. I mean, it's just, it's horrific. And the fact that the, my p- point in saying this is it was meant to be a interview that I was going to put out next week. And I, I, I was this close to just putting the show off today and just playing that interview. That's how important this is. My point is on that is I'm going to play that tomorrow. That's going to be publicly aired for everybody to watch tomorrow because this needs as much reach as possible. It's just, it'll break your heart as well. And it, it's, it's very important. But on that, uh, just get into the show today. I wanted to say two things that I wanted to make sure I shout out the new uh, subs. Oh, well, I guess I didn't go through all the topics. I don't necessarily have to, but we're going to talk about distraction, Ukraine, Iran, Israel. And we're going to also get into the PCR test and some new uh, peer reviewed science around that showing you exactly what we already know that this is at the very least. Uh, what's the term they used? Just that it's not it's not a, the tools being used and you're getting like a 50 50 uh, results so it, it's it's inconsequential you're getting false positives false negatives and by the way that's exactly what carrie mollis pointed out that it's this they're using it inappropriately it has a use just not what they're using it for they're using it in my opinion so it can be manipulated that's what i argue and that's what the uh, epidemic the uh, epidemic that wasn't that new york times wrote about in regard to the whooping cough epidemic that wasn't that's why that happened and remember they wrote about that this is going to happen again it's due to the PCR test. That's what they found. Zero cases, even though thousands of people were quarantined, vaccines were given, things were shut down. And then later, the definitive test in the lab, they proved there wasn't a single case. That's what we're dealing with. I know that, in my opinion, they looked at that. They they ex- examined how that could be used, and that's what's being used today. That's my opinion. The data is very clear, and we'll get into the studies around that as well. But to start off, I wanted to shout out our, our new Substack that Scott from Rebunked, now T, uh, which is now under TLAV, is, is just doing an absolutely outstanding job on this. He's going to be spearheading this in general. He already put out the first clip where he takes a clip from the T-Lab that he thinks is important. Does He basically turns it into like a mini documentary. He's also going to be doing his own writing on here. We're going to potentially find new people going forward. A lot, a lot of new ideas with what this platform could be. I myself am probably going to be writing just because it's kind of inspired me to write something again. But either way, I, the last American Vagabond, it's, it's not like this is going to be an alternative thing you have to pay for. You can access all this for free. You can choose to, to donate. There will be the occasional thing that if you are paying subscriber, you will get access to like that. But most everything here, I mean, all the content, it will all be free for you guys, which is what we pride ourselves on. Now, the point being, this is another way you can support The Last American Vagabond, and we will have some new and interesting stuff here. New uh, Scott's going to be doing some man-on-the-street stuff, interviewing people, documentaries, a lot of good stuff coming out. And by the way, just continuing to impress me, Scott Armstrong is doing an outstanding job. And I want to just go ahead and say, since I didn't get a chance to thank him before the show went live, saying thank you, Scott, for pointing out that I had a typo in the title today before I went live, because I forgot, to, I somehow missed 
the N in mRNA before the title went out, which is why it says that in all the tweets. So anyway, very, just this is going to be some good stuff. So please watch out for this. And if you'd like to support this, it's going to be supporting TLAB, Rebunked, and everything else under that umbrella. So continue to support the platform because we have a lot of important things coming your way. And by the way, as well, with Courtney Turner, Courtney and her podcast, we are all the three of us building Pirate Story Media, which is not necessarily coming tomorrow, but just want to let you guys know the kind of things that we're working toward. We're doing everything in our power to provide a pl- or to create a platform where people like Adam, who I spoke to today, will not be suppressed. His story will be heard because people like us will be large enough, hopefully, to not be suppressed. And that if we say something, people will hear it, even if they don't want to hear it. You know, kind of like that happens on the corporate media today, right? That's an, that that's the whole idea that we won't be able to be suppressed. Doing our best. Now, going forward. Oh, you know what's by the way? I thought this was strange. I have to start off on a bad note with <laughs> with Substack, but I went to go look for it before and it didn't pop up. So maybe you guys tell me if I'm missing something and maybe it's brand new. I don't know. I even put the entire link from the Substack in there. It didn't pop up. I had to go to the link directly. So tell me what I'm missing. I don't see TLAV popping up anywhere on Substack when you search for it. So that's kind of frustrating to start, but maybe it's brand new. I don't know. You guys tell me. TLA Vagabond is what it should be. The only thing that pops up is, is an, an interview with me from Nathan from a long time ago. So very telling. I hope that's not the case. I hope, I hope that's not what's happening, but we'll see. So to start off today, distraction. In general, there's so many interesting stories, even within this category that I'm, that I'm interested in. Like there's just not so much that I think it's the most important story, but that, you know me, I like, I like connecting the dots. I like finding things that aren't there, even the stories we know are distraction. Whether, you know, no being a, your personal opinion, but like in the case of like the Pelosi story, I genuinely think there's something quite odd there, quite nefarious, possibly that nonetheless is still going to be used to keep our the ongoing conversation around this story, which is very unimportant, even if it's being used to continue. Now, I'm going to get into why I think it's important in the way that it is. And, you know, my position because of the whole vanilla ISIS slap, which is where that's already being used. That's the only thing it seems useful for, for from their perspective is to put this in. And maybe it's that they just capitalized on something that was happening, suddenly created a bunch of blogs out of nowhere in the middle of the night, which, by the way, exactly what happened, whether it was him or not. I mean, this whole story reeks of manipulation. And if that's all, that's the best they can do, maybe we're winning more than we think. But here is some information, some follow-ups. Here's something you might not have seen is the ABC producer, Gordon, James Gordon Meek is seen for the first time. So, interesting on this story that this was you know being hyped by a lot of mostly republicans which is strange to me seeing as how he's from abc and i I don't believe this guy's a republican so it's very interesting that the right media jumped on this so quickly and made this about persecuting journalism which by the way it may still be i'm not saying that they're wrong i just think it's an interesting note of what's maybe it wants to play devil's advocate maybe it's an indication that only the right cares about free speech I don't really think that's the case. I mean, in the context of the political scheme, but where were all the left journalists going? Oh, what about this guy? Which I, maybe I didn't see them. I'm just pointing these things out. Most of what I saw were right-leaning journalists, but I don't have a crystal ball. I can't see everything going on every day, all the time. But it goes on to say, but refuses to answer questions on mysterious FBI raid. So he was seen, but refused to answer questions. So not that it's, it's not really being defined, but he's not missing. He is there. And even the story itself seems to be kind of like in... 
not incongruent, like the, the, the narratives don't add up, I guess. Daily Mail finally spotted him last Thursday at his elderly mother's townhouse where he refused to answer questions. Now, he, he's well aware that people are looking, you know, where does he go? Has he disappeared? So that's an interesting point going back to a lot of these things that have happened before. Just because people know that people think they're missing isn't in, doesn't mean they're going to go, hey, I'm not missing. Right. That was that old story before where we go, well, if he if he would say something, if this was happening, well, that's not necessarily the case, is it? We love to assume in the direction of what we'd like to think is happening. He's clearly aware and didn't he's laying low. Maybe it's in his best interest to do so. Maybe he is being threatened. Reports have claimed agents found a laptop containing classified information, but friends and former colleagues say it doesn't add up. If he did anything, have anything like that, those documents are similar materials that would presumably be for a story. That's what I was saying. Like, so the, the fact that the government would come in and take that, that may be what it was all about. And that would be a big deal, in my opinion, because he if they were leaked to him, the government taking those documents would be quite a big deal, because especially if, the, if they exposed a crime of the government, that would be violating all the supposed rules and framework around whistleblowing, but that is, which doesn't even exist, despite the pretending that it does. Julian Assange. Interesting, though, right? The way that it's being framed. I my honestly I hate my first in, in my first thought was that this was a person being set up as a whistleblower that's inside the corporate discussion. Who knows? We'll see what happens. But it says I sent him a text to ask if he was okay. He said he wasn't able to talk about what was going on on the advice of his lawyer. So maybe he, you know, I mean, the way that this is being conducted indicates he thinks that he might find himself in legal trouble. That's the last I heard from it is what it said. Or maybe he knows well enough what the government is capable of. Yeah, there's any ways you could look at this. The divorced dad of two appeared to be keeping a low profile, parking his Chevy SUV several blocks away, ignoring questions. So slipping in the back door. He's obviously avoiding people seeing him. April 27th, swoop uh, sparked fears. Meek was being targeted for his trailblazing journalism. You know, see, this is the kind of thing I'm talking about. You know, I'm not saying he's not a bad journalist. I mean, you just read the work on Afghanistan. There's some inf- there's important things I would argue in pl- in some of this stuff, but at the end of the day, it's kind of towing the line about why we should still be in Afghanistan and that the disaster was because we pulled out. I mean, these are in a way enshrining the classic lies in the midst of all the new ones. Interesting. And it says friendly fire deaths and foiled terror plots and so on. Independent observers believe the raid is among the first and quite possibly the first the first to be carried out on a journalist by the Biden administration. Right. So this is kind of the point. What about there's plenty of other examples you can point out. Julian Assange continues to be persecuted by the Trump administration, the Biden administration and every other government. That's not being talked about. You see my point? Like you can't honestly pretend like we're discussing journalism, journalists being persecuted and not mention Julian Assange. Except when you're writing from the UK, of course, the Daily Mail. No, but any of them they are involved. They don't mention it. And that's it rings hollow like all the other garbage they spit about freedom and democracy and everything else. Now, it says previous presidents, including Trump and Obama, have been accused of secretly targeting journalists and their sources. It's not secret. Look at Julian Assange. There are, however, several exceptions included in the policy, such as when a journalist is suspected of working for a foreign power or terror group, which just shows you the way that these governments play. All you got to do is insert a caveat. Oh, except when they're suspected of doing something we don't like. So suspected. So essentially all they need is the government to say, we think they're doing this. Shut it down. Right. We think he's working with that. Derek Rose wrote about this back a while back in regard to an American citizen that was held indefinitely for over a year in Syria because they thought he was working with the with with the fort, with the, with the, with the bad guys. He claimed he was a journalist. 
As far as I know, it ended up being that he was a journalist. The point is that this happens and nobody cares within the corporate discussion, even the supposed journalist talking about the journalism journalist being attacked. Right. Do they care when we get censored? Do they care when an independent media person goes missing? Of course not. Unless it's advantageous to them. But it says Eugene Gorokov, Meek's attorney, did not respond for request for comment, which is interesting because he's already been engaging. In earlier remarks, he reported that he's unaware of allegations. Now, here's my point from the very beginning. Am I, why am I uh, why are we the only ones that were able to connect the dots that the attorney who was re re relaying information in real time, was obviously talking to Meeks, right? Or at the very least, that was what they were projecting. But yet the conversation was, he's missing and nobody's heard from him, except his lawyer who just spoke for him, right? Right in the beginning. That's strange. I mean, all about this, this feels like a distraction. Press inquiries on the issue are troubling for different reasons. They appear to be based on statements from a source inside the government, which is the main point. So the story is not the story. These people leaked information about the story. Like it's just this whole thing is controlled, in my opinion, for whatever reason. That doesn't mean that Meek is involved, but right. Something about this. And this was spit out during this whole thing. I don't think this is the primary distraction idea now. This one's kind of being tied up, at least for the moment. But a moment ago, this was consuming the news cycle, right? Here's something interesting I saw today. Now, again, in no way am I indicating or I mean, implying that what this story what I'm about to read you is false. I don't know. What's interesting about this is somebody tweeted something pretty interesting and then died. And what he tweeted seems to be pretty telling, right? But the, my point is this is happening at this interesting time frame. Now, I mean, I'll just go ahead and say over the right out of the gate, it's uh, one of the possibilities would be that this is exactly what did happen and it's being done because of what he said. So it would be posted and talked about, right? Just, Thinking outside the box, Dylan points out the 29-year-old co-founder of MakerDAO, which I'm not even familiar with, but apparently is a pretty large thing. Nikolai uh, Muchgain, uh, that's an interesting last name, has been found dead in San Juan, Puerto Rico, which is, by the way, where my family's from. My dad was born in San Juan. Just three days after tweeting the following from his personal Twitter account. I still have family lives there. I've never been there myself, which is sad. He says, CIA Mossad. And pedo elites, pedo elite are running some kind of sex trafficking entrapment blackmail ring out of Puerto Rico and Caribbean islands. They are going to frame me with a laptop planted by my ex-girlfriend who was a spy. They will torture me to death. Now, here's what's interesting. First thoughts is what it's that is reflexively supposed to sound crazy today because QAnon, MAGA, right? Like that's just being dumped over this conversation in any possible way. But wait a minute, right? Before we even... You know, that's even myself. When you read that, you're like, OK, this is probably you might, you know, your mind starts leaning towards it sounds a little bit over the top. Right. But why exactly? CIA and Mossad. OK, very real. Pedo elites. Well, you can't despite dispute that with the Epstein conversation, except way before that, you still shouldn't have been able to. Seeing as how we've got things like Dennis Hastert and, you know, you can go on forever. There's Jimmy Seville and all these people that are acutely connected to the highest level people. Right. Just the Epstein conversation forever put away the 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 blithe dismissal of the idea that there are elitist people that are absolutely pedophiles. At the very least, we know that pedophiles can exist anywhere. Why would they be not in the most powerful? Right. So anyway, the point being that there are pedo elites. But the, you hear the word pedo elite and they go, oh, dirty theory. Right. Every, most people in the corporate discussion go, oh, pedo. Uh, what about Epstein? It's exactly what we're talking about. Okay, so so far, it's all potentially real. Some kind of sex trafficking entrapment blackmail ring. Well, that's literally what Epstein was involved with. Okay, so three out of three so far, all possible. Puerto Rican and Caribbean islands. Well, I don't know why they wouldn't be possibly taking place there. Any place is possible. 
They're going to frame him with a laptop planted. Well, it's exactly what the CIA does. And they have done Mossad as well for, I mean, this is documentable information, right? And the fact that his girlfriend might be involved, well, would that be crazy? And that they would torture him to death? Well, they've done that plenty of times. Okay, so I think we established that despite all these things in juxtaposed next to each other, seeming outrageous, that they're all very possible. That's all I'm saying. Okay, so that stuff, it, it, so, but yet the point is it gets reflexively dismissed. So he says this. Then he dies. Well, it's interesting, right? Because it's kind of hard to sell on people that he did this and then killed himself. What, for, for attention? Despite the fact that you know this isn't going to be, you know, corporate media discussed? Right? These days, kids know well. If you want to get famous and discussed by the media for three weeks straight, we'll go, you know, shoot somebody and they'll probably talk about you. Right? That, that's the kind of stuff that they train kids to think without saying that. I mean, we know how horrible, that's a horrible thing to say, but that's the truth. That right now, if you're a deranged kid out there and maybe you're suicidal and you want to be remembered, they're telling you, well, here's what you do. Like, that's what radicalization looks like in the real world, not the fairy tale they're building. Corporate media and the two-party paradigm radicalize people every day. Having information in front of you, even crazy stuff, is not what's doing that. But anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. The point is going forward that this is, uh, here's the tweet itself. The, the, the account was called Delete uh, S-Coin, S-H-I-T. <laughs> family show, family show. And there he is tweeting that. Now, he followed up with some interesting tweets as well, which so it evolved throughout the process. And oh, by the way, I should just show you this first. So he, he is dead. I mean, that, that's the reality of the story. He is found dead by drowning, interestingly enough, on, on Halloween of all times. That is, that is definitely true. Here's what he said afterward, after saying it was CIA, Mossad, and whatever else. He said, before I thought it was Illuminati CIA, see, again, the Illuminati point, people, oh, right, but I don't know why. I don't, I don't, I'm not saying it's absolutely entirely true, but these are things that have some level of, at the very least, he might think that, right? Was It says, it, he thought it was Illuminati CIA people doing sophisticated moves to set me up somehow because I was a threat to central banking cartels. Now I realize they're probably the cheapest PIs money can buy sent by local banking duopoly. Even round one shills in chat were smarter. Let me be known. Let it be known that if I somehow set am set up or framed and sh or shot, it wasn't through sophisticated actions, but from sheer perseverance by people with infinite time and money to waste. Which, by the way, sounds more logical in every way. Anyway, that there are just people, powerful people, that he was cutting into that they just didn't want around anymore. People living in a, in a rampantly lawless world. So, however you look at this, he died a couple months later. So it's just interesting. Now, that's happening, right? So was that meant to be something? I don't know. I thought that was important to include anyway. It's because very interesting and strange. But could it have been done in that way because of how it aligns with the conversation that they want you to think is everywhere? Maybe. Certainly possible. Happy birthday, Euro. So going forward on some more potential distractions, I mean, I'm not saying, again, not that I know for sure, just throwing this out there that all this seems to be dumping on you, like, like the antidepressant story. Right. Courtney and I talked about that. The idea that all of a sudden they're like, oh, antidepressants don't work, by the way, even though we've known that forever. But there's been peer reviewed science out the wazoo forever about that exact topic, that it doesn't work. In fact, it increases the risk of suicide. Many of them. But finally, in the midst of all this, they go, oh, guess what? We just realized. <laughs> so maybe that's why. I don't know. But here's an, a crazy example. Plastic recycling is a myth, study says. Well, you know, we talked about this. Most of what you send out to, quote, be recycled goes into what's called downcycling. Many, much of that ends up being burnt in a pile, like in, overseas on, in China or somewhere else. And that's the truth. 
I mean, I've, I've done a whole topic on this. So you think it's being recycled. Some of it does. Most of it doesn't, though. So do you think it's safe for the planet to dump it in a pile and burn it somewhere outside the United States? Is that called recycling? Apparently it is in this country. But here we are where they're now suddenly going, guess what? <laughs> New study says what anybody could have known if they cared to look into it the last 10 years. Interesting. Right. But what the point ultimately comes down to new research, new research analysis provides more proof. See, that's the point. More proof. What do you mean more proof? If there's proof, why would you need more proof? Proof is definitive, not evidence, but proof. Maybe they just don't know the word. Good job, Boston Globe. But it says that plastic recycling is a myth. New research shows that the 51 million tons of plastic waste. My God, how much of that is masks and gloves? I don't know. It was, I mean, if it was, if masks and gloves are a part of that number, then before COVID, it was like 20 million tons. And I'm not even making that up. It's crazy the amount that's produced by those. But it says uh, plastic waste by just U.S. households generated in 2021, just, just 2.4 million tons or 5% was recycled. Yeah, you would have known that if you watched The Last American Vagabond 10 years ago, right? That's the point. But suddenly, breaking news breaking news something you already know here's a good example the intercept breaking news the government spies on you <gasps> no i mean I'm, I'm being facetious there's interesting things in this in research right i'm i, I the point there's a, this is an in-depth look at what we all know there is a couple of interesting points the fact that the dhs has a direct portal to things like facebook and so on but did we really all not know this I'm not diminishing the fact that there's some value to work like this, but the fact that it's being framed as it's sort of like the transmission conversation, right? Fox News has a big, big conversation about it. Sub breaking news, important information about how the thing we all know this already, right? It's like the NSA story where they finally admit it. It's like, yeah, that was that was news five years ago. We know what's happening. The DHS, the government are actively working to censor people like us who are saying things we're not supposed to stay. That's the point. Plans to expand censorship on topics like the withdrawal from Afghanistan. Right. Because that's the important one to them. Origins of COVID. I'm not really interested why that's in there at all. And now we have the Meeks guy who's the, the weird focus, despite nobody really knowing why, seems to center around Afghanistan coverage. Something weird in there. I'm not really know. Maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm guessing incorrectly. But regardless, or COVID, obviously. Right. It's weird that they also leave out, you know, climate change, which is the most one of the most prominent things they're censoring right now. Regardless, we know this stuff, guys. We know this. Here's Daily Mail. Biden's homeland security colludes with Facebook. Biden's. What about Trump's? It's the same thing. I mean, fair enough, because that's what's currently happening. I shouldn't say it like that. But understand, it's not just Biden's government. Homeland security, the government itself has been doing all of this going back to Obama and before. I mean, as far back as you want to look, to be honest. But the interesting thing is that it is kind of a continuation of the disinformation governance board. But here's the real point. That was going on before they gave you that name, right? So that was already happening. They shoved out the board, which was maybe just meant to make you think it didn't happen. And it just continued on. And this is still continuing on. Interesting. Here's the, here's the documents if you'd like to look through it. Right. My, my gut will my, I'm, I would I'd be willing to bet you that you won't be in, in for, surprised about anything you read in here, that most of what you'll read is exactly what you already knew because you watch this show or other people that have been up to date on this stuff. Still a valuable report. And the article itself, go to The Intercept, there's important information on there. But sometimes I, I get the sneaking suspicion that these are limited hangouts coming from that platform. Here's another interesting one. 
guess what, guys? <laughs> As June points out, yes, it came from a lab. Well, I'm not, I'm not saying I necessarily think that's the case. I'm honestly leaning more towards that it's not even technically there. That there's something going on, but it's being, you know, I genuinely, despite the fact that there are plenty of people that I talk to more and more as I kind of do my observational discussion, you know, as it goes forward, I just talk to people and get their thoughts. You know, what did you feel or deal with and so on? Just, you know, day to day, right? That I've talked to a lot of people who believe they dealt with something that was they've never before felt. But I still put the point out there. How many of you in the chat have dealt with life-threatening pneumonia? Right? How many of you in the chat have dealt with life-threatening flu? Right? Assuming that is something that's happening. The, the question is most, the answer is most, very few. Right? But, it's, but that's exactly what that would have looked like. And apparently they claim, which I know is not accurate, I'm just making a point, 60,000 people die every year from the flu. How many from pneumonia? The point is that that could have been exactly, could have just been the people that dealt with the severe version of something that they've never dealt with before. And because it's been planted in their mind that there's something new, they just said, oh, it must be the thing, right? Because remember, flu also affects your smell and taste and so on. And we just act like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. And that's the honest answer. But back to the lab. The point is that conversation has been there from the beginning. And those of us that were talking about this <laughs> have been saying, have been, honestly, just conversing. I'm a spear right at the beginning, people like Burmist, and a lot of us were all talking about the lab and the potential of U.S. bio manipulation from long before COVID and shouted down censored attack no matter what. And so now, guess who? The Hill, <laughs> the Rising, is talking about this. Breaking news! <laughs> It's time for everyone to get around to the fact that it came from a lot. Like, my God, like this, this is the kind when Kim Iverson would have said this a year ago, they would have sneered at her, right? Still love to get her back on the show. I can't get a hold of her. But the point is, it says, okay, but let's talk about the real problem. Like NIH and Peter Daszak and Robert Cadleck. I'm glad he included Robert. This is doom on the tweet. Robert Cadleck's an important part of this that we early on forgot about because he kind of sidestepped the, he was the uh, assistant secretary for preparedness and response. The guy, the guy built up most of this along with people like the um, Monsef Salawi and the ones that were involved in the Trump side of this right in the beginning with Operation Warp Speed. But he says, we're going in circles talking about the effing lab. Follow the money. Right. Exactly. Now, that's the point is, well, I'm going to play you this clip, is this is what they're now talking about. Now, with everything swirling around, they're dripping back at you the idea that we're maybe allowed to point at the Wuhan lab. Like, it's just ridiculous. And by the way, that hasn't even been proven. Like right now, there's all these back and forth. The GOP has a study that says that they most likely came from the lab. It's like, okay, what's new about that? And there's another study that says, nope, most likely came from zoonotic transfer. Like those are literally happening at the same time. It shows you the broken nature of how politics has taken over science. If maybe it always has been. I don't know. My point is that we don't know. We don't know. And the reality of it is that right there kind of suggests that it probably isn't even real based on the illusion of it all. But listen to what they're saying now and see how they're, you know, acting like they're cutting edge of the information. Vanity Fair and ProPublica spoke to experts who said that the timeline of the Chinese military vaccine development was, quote, unrealistic, if not impossible. Right. Okay, so what about Moderna? You know, Moderna that got the code from them and in two days made an injection. Isn't it funny that we don't talk about that? Right. Remember, I mean, especially from a, 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 left, a left outlet. I, I keep making this point. For all you Republicans out there that think that Trump's vaccine and so on, that was a genetic code that was handed to the government and Moderna from China. 
at the point when they then later admitted that they didn't even isolate it. Now, people argue they did afterward, but I don't think that's the case. Regardless, when they gave them that genetic code, they had not isolated whatever we're dealing with. Right. So if China didn't let us know, except we're happy to use their genetic code to make an injection that we then call Trump's vaccine. Either he doesn't know about that, which is crazy and, uh, and disconcerting, or he does. And it's all an illusion. Either way, it can't be bad guy China if we're literally still using the injection that Trump put forward that comes from them. You need to be aware of how you're being fooled, especially when it comes to the right left paradigm. But the point is that that's the case right there, that they were building this long before. Now, I'm not talking about just the mRNA research. We're talking about the fact that they were pumping this out. Now, he here, Robbie, you may not be aware of how fast they claim they can skim, push this stuff out with an mRNA platform. We saw Moderna do it in less than a month. Now, the code was finalized in two days, but in less than a month, they were already putting this in people's arms. That's the whole point they're arguing now about a 130 day turnaround with Biden's biosecurity state agenda. He framed it as a biodefense. All right, so all these things being discussed, his point is just hollow because it's old news. And all it does is add, answer, add to more questions, but he just comes to a conclusion about it. Come, that means it came from a lab. It could, right? We're be, these people are, in my, whether they know it or not, being paid to keep you on a certain track. That's my opinion. If not impossible. So, Bacha, this is a pretty damning um, story. And I, I, you know, I initially saw a lot of you know, people just dismissing the report because it was a Republican producer report. Whatever. It's not going to change anyone's mind. I, cha- I dare everyone needs to go read this story, which, you know, dances around this this likely indication that these dispatches are indicating these conversations between the laboratory scientists and the Chinese government that something went really wrong. In November of 2019. Okay, okay. How do you explain then that you have seven plus countries, most of them U.S. allies, that still to this day argue they have evidence of whatever we're calling COVID before that? How do you sell that guy? How do you keep, how do you just pick the cherry pick what's in front of you and make a narrative with it? Or do you not know that's there? Like with Japan, Taiwan, Spain, all of them have said they have evidence. Canada goes back long before. They have evidence that they say they found it, some in waste samples, some in other places, before 2019, before it was said to be found in China. That doesn't mean it still didn't come from China. It could have. It could have come from anywhere. The point is they're finding it before the focal point of Wuhan, and yet nobody wants to talk about that. How is that not the most relevant point in the conversation? That shows you that they want you focused on that point whoever they would be in this conversation. The fact that whoever's controlling the flow of information isn't letting that part of it be discussed. And the talking heads here dutifully follow. The, and that, that wouldn't, wasn't surprising given all the past issues with safety, with surfaces not being disinfected properly, concerns about the, the structural integrity of the building and whether the disinfectants were corroding the building. And Yeah, and so France and the United States and all multiple countries are involved acutely. In fact, we had U.S. personnel on the ground because this is something we always need to talk about, right? I mean, even even the beginning when the WHO sent their team in, right? How that works is they take from countries that are the ones that are funding, and it's based on the funding, essentially. And so the U.S. government had plenty of personnel that were involved, not the government necessarily, but U.S. entities that were with the WHO, potentially government, that were there in the beginning. Right. So if we didn't somehow know, how is that possible when we were present? Everything's a lie. We are being played in every angle of this conversation. And they either don't know this information or don't care. It's up for you to decide. It's and, and on and on and on. 
Um, but then November 2019 comes around, and then they have this kind of different um, tone to these messages, these communications between the government and the lab. And it, it, it becomes very, I mean, <laughs> I mean, come on. Oh, great, great argument. Tone, great. So they sounded fishy. I mean, come on, guys. That's some corporate media conversation for you right there. And no, Kim is no longer with them, and she's probably happy about that. I, mean, I don't know. But yeah, she she essentially got let go. Now, I, I've been wanting to talk to her about that since it happened. We were, had an interview set up, and she kind of canceled, and I haven't heard from her, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm too conspiracy theory for her these days. But the point here is that this is ridiculous, right? The tone. Right. Like, that's what we're talking about. That they, they the way I mean, th- that's just narrative. That's conversation about who knows what could influence somebody's tone. If you're reading and you were talking about tone on what emails. Anyway, I don't need to poke into that. They just it, this is the what we're allowed to talk about now, you know, two and a half years late. At one point, do people, you know, give up their just utter and by people, I mean, mostly the mainstream media. And <laughs> so you, <laughs> you know, people putting up guardrails, Dr. Fauci, et cetera. I mean, look, look at this stuff. Just right. So think of him saying this now and think of how hollow that is. Right. So did you look at it then? Right. When it was most important, when that was the conversation being shut down and everybody had and this all this evidence was there. All the stuff we're talking about to go back to Doom's tweet in general, all the stuff we're getting into. All of that was present before this happened, before that report came out that was overviewing all of that, and you just got put in front of you? Like, this is the same point about Ben Shapiro. So because some some level, somebody in the government put together a report, strung it all together, and it was allowed to be talked about, now you can point at it. Now you're suddenly aware of how, huh, blind, like you're dismissive, like, oh, God, just look at it, guys. Why now? You, it was all there before. It shows you that these people who love to call themselves investigative journalists or journalists in general are being told what to look at, whether they know that or not. If Ben Shapiro was not aware of this stuff and he's only now screaming, they lied to us and I finally figured it out. That's because you're finally allowed to see it. All of it was there before. How did we know? How did everybody else know that we're being censored for talking about it? How did we know it didn't stop transmission long before? Because we read the documentation. It's easy. These kind of people are the ones keeping people lost, guys. Finally, kind of, there's, well, I could have put this foreign policy too, but I just keep pointing this out. And this, the, all, I guess all of this relates to foreign policy, but we're going to get to Twitter next and then some Ukraine stuff. But the point is, just like I keep pointing out, like it's weird how North Korea just is super silent until suddenly there are oh, missiles and stuff that everybody else does. Right, so North Korea fires 10 missiles following threats. Okay, who, okay, who, who, what, what country in the world doesn't have ballistic missiles and doesn't fire them when they want? I mean, the idea is that it's because North Korea, bad guy. And I'm going to argue, I don't like, I don't think any of these people are, are people we should be trusting. But the idea is that they just point at it when they want to. Now, I, I begin to think that the, that the whole government there is just a cutout for some CIA operation at this point, and they just make stuff happen when they want to. I'm just throwing that out there. There's, there's actually some evidence to back that up. But the point is, that's not even the point we're talking about. But it's the fact that it's like, look, North Korea, threat to our democracy again right now. But now forget about it tomorrow. Right. Remember, they were the biggest threat to our democracy because they wanted it to be. Suddenly, fight missiles fire off. I think the distraction switch got flipped and everyone's kicking off all the distractions right now. I'm just waiting for the next thing to happen, too. Well, here, speaking of the largest, in my opinion, distraction, not to mean it's not important. I think all these stories are important in their own degree to their own degree. But he just tweeted out Twitter's current lords and peasant system for the 
for who has and doesn't have a blue check mark is BS. And, you know, $8 a month, which is odd because apparently somebody responded by saying, oh, I paid 20. And then he said, what about eight? <laughs> and apparently it became eight. It's just simple as that. If you reinstate T-Lab, I'd consider paying eight. I just said consider. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> That's why I chose the word carefully. If you reinstate TLAV, it was censored for simply discussing a topic deemed misinformation that was later proved many times over to be accurate. Now, this is where it gets interesting. This guy, Yule Roth, the one that, that Elon Musk essentially defended and said he has lots of integrity, and so he's going to keep him around, despite the fact that I'll show you in a minute, this is one of the people that were calling Trump Nazis and, you know, like very clearly not objective. He says, we're staying vigilant against attempts to manipulate conversations about the 2020 midterm. This is a guy working with Twitter right now. So he's openly telling you right now, we are making sure we're censoring people that say things we're not, they're not supposed to say. That's what he's saying right now. Of course, what they're talking about is influence accounts that are associated with talking points of Russia that were wrong or whatever, which don't forget people like uh, Syrian girl and plenty of others were scooped up in that and called bots because they were saying things that they deemed Russian talking points. What if they just actually hold those beliefs? doesn't matter. That's the point. They're sweeping it all up. And that's what they're doing around the midterms right now. And I'll show you the document that he links to. This is Renee Deresta from uh, Stanford Internet Observatory. Happy one week before midterms. Right. Most important election of our lifetimes. Here's a report we just put out on week on six networks that Twitter released to outside researchers. Five of the six had a fair bit to say about American politics. Uh oh, must be Russian stuff. Oh, do they think do they think politicians lie? Oh, it must be Iran. Oh, because we know we're all honest and we never do wrong things and never break the law, right? That's that's basically what they're doing here, is saying anybody people that are suggesting they may cheat, suggesting that elections could be lied about. Oh, it must be Russian disinformation. Except they were exactly saying that when they claimed that Trump was elected by Russia, right? I mean, think about how stupid this is. So it's only okay when you say it, right? And the the if the evidence, if you can even call it that, is just subjective at the very best. Saying that, like, I mean, ask yourself: that, Are there not people that maybe live in Iran that just have genuine opinions? Right. Anything, anything they can connect to looking like it comes from this or suggesting it might be, that's enough for them. And they censor it. They even say that. Tweet, Elon Musk responds to this. <clears throat> it says, talk to civil society leaders, which what does that even mean? Civil society? I mean, here's ADL. Great. He talks to the ADL. He talks to the Bush Center. Right. Civil society leaders. You know, the guys on your side, apparently. Right. All the people that are actively involved with exactly what we're talking about in regard to censorship. These people don't care about free speech. In fact, the ADL just screamed about how free speech is the problem, saying that we can't just let anybody speak on Twitter. Here we are. Talk to civil society leaders about how Twitter will continue to combat hate and harassment and enforce its election integrity policies. I guess that's that, guys. Are we, are we confused about what we're staring at right now? Twitter will not allow anyone who was deplatformed for violating Twitter rules back on the platform until we have a clear process, whoops, a clear process for doing so, which will take at least a few more weeks. So right there, for all the people yelling, everything's changed because Elon saved the world again, you're doing it for either because you want attention or because you're a partisan person. It's not happened. He keeps telling you that nothing's even moved yet. So what are we doing? Oh, the bots went away yesterday, right? I mean, it just keeps happening. Everyone keeps doing that. But he says after that, Twitter's Content Moderation Council. So let's let's pretend like this isn't going to be some free speech free speech bastion. It's not. Now I'm not saying that, that. I mean, you know my opinion about what actual free speech is. Regardless, 
I understand, don't agree with, but understand how platforms have their stated policies. My big issue, not necessarily that they uphold their own policies, because we have a choice to go somewhere else, right? If we look at their policies and they're like, we'll censor if we disagree with you, we'll screw them, go somewhere else. The issue I take is that, and I mean, again, I do take issue with that, but in the context of this point, the real issue is about them censoring unaccountably based on nothing. Oh, metal misinformation, because we say so. Or censoring on, you know, like they used to by saying copyright, then it was not even about copyright. Like that's the kind of stuff that really opened this door from YouTube. But they're going to continue doing this. The council, the content moderation council will include representatives with widely divergent views, which will certainly include the civil rights community, the people he just pointed at, and groups who who face hate-fueled violence. Sounds a little bit woke to me, right? And then I'm even woke in the way that the politics, the, the corporate media will take it as. I'm talking about the idea that this is allowing that kind of influence in this conversation. That's not free speech. It's already gone. Free speech is allowing the kind of speech that you don't like. But Liberty Lockdown speaks up. And by the way, I never got to connect with uh, Clint. We were supposed to connect and I had something happen. And so if he's listening or people know him, reach out to him. I'd love to have him on the show and vice versa. He says, new boss, same as the old boss. I understand the pressure you're receiving from advertisers, but please forge ahead with the subscription model so you can end this censorship nonsense. Blink twice if you've been kidnapped. (laughs) And it says Starlink has been told by some has been told by some governments, not Ukraine, to block Russian news sources. We will not do so unless at gunpoint. Sorry to be a free speech absolutist. Well, that doesn't sound like you can't say that. Right. This is his point. And then do what you're doing right here. Those things don't connect. You can't be a free speech absolutist and then allow censorship. Simple as that. Next point. Cat turd following up on this. He's been really holding to account, to be quite honest. Elon, when are you going to fire these vile people who have proven over and over that they think regular average Americans are Nazi scum and they're superior to us? And by the way, oh, that's right. I, I hope I didn't miss that. I did actually. Hold on. I mean, this, this is actually pretty wild. So this, oh, that's weird. I'm glad I remembered that. Okay, I have, this is the tweet I wanted to look at. Do this. This tweet that she put out. And then, oh no, it was the other one, I think. Okay, either way. So, this person who's putting out this big report about censorship and everything and all these people, uh, you know, about, you know, midterms, and we all need to look at it because American democracy and so on. But then you, you go down and look, and everyone's down here going, well, she blocked me. <laughs> and the point is, they're saying, like, which, by the way, again, in the same context as the other point we made before, her blocking people on Twitter is not censorship. That's her account. She can do what she wants. But the point is not the idea that the point is the idea that she is the one blocking people in this conversation of supposedly allowing people to see what's going on in this report. But nobody can look at it because she did so. But people that have nothing to do with what's going on, people that never even engaged with her. That's the that's the crazy part where I'm I, hold on. Where was it right here? Here we go. I think it was this one. Nah, they're not popping. Anyway, throughout this thread, I should have just pulled them up before when I saw them all. There was a whole bunch of these, and I'll get to these in a second, where where this woman was blocking all these people. that she, they, They're like, I never even talked to her. I wasn't even engaged. And so this person is out there censoring them. I just thought that was interesting. Or not censoring them, but blocking them, right? And that's it's an interesting act from somebody who's, who's it pretty much shows you that they have no patience, and that's the real point, for people with other views. And you know what? She's allowed to do that in court and put herself into an echo chamber on her own little spot. But when she's involved with deciding what we're talking about next, it shows you that she has biased perspectives and that will bleed into what we're talking about. 
Now, here is what these people are saying. Well, exactly what Cat Dirty is pointing out. I feel funny just saying his name every time. Here, that you can find all these online. John Levine points out, this person is the head of site integrity. This is the Yule Roth guy we're talking about that, that Elon Musk said he's going to keep around because he has integrity. Here's what he said. I'm just saying, we fly over these states that voted for a racist tangerine for a reason. Right, so, you know, roughly 70% of the country, just a bunch of meaningless flyover states we don't want to talk about because they're all racist. Like, that's the kind of disgusting, allowable racism and allowable bigotry and allowable, you know, uh, whitewashing that, that it's, on, on, it's allowable today, right? But you're not allowed to point that out even without being called racist. This is a guy who's going to be allowed what's what's going to be said on Twitter or having a say in that. He said, yes, that person is the, is the pink hat is clearly a bigger threat to your brand of feminism than actual Nazis in the White House. Great. So now you think that President Trump and plenty of people were Nazis. Right. I mean, the people have that opinion, but we're talking about somebody on a platform that is regarded as the town square, whether you think so or not. And he is literally calling the president of the country a Nazi like that person, at the very least, should not be the one in the middle of a decision about censorship. And coming from the platform down, that's what this is, especially since we know that it's overlapping with the government. There's no question about that anymore. This is state censorship because these gov- these platforms are working directly with the government. That's been proven. He says, today on Meet the Press, we're speaking with Joseph Goebbels about the first 100 days, what I hear whenever Kellyanne is on the Schnooze show. I mean, seriously? Like, to go as far as, like, they, why? Because they espouse white supremacy talking points? Because they say they believe in the Nazi ideology? No. Because you just say that about them because you don't like their beliefs. Right? You can't, this is like going the equivalent of saying, I mean, in reverse, like, I mean, I, I, so many just, it's completely hyperbolic and wildly over the top. Doesn't, are we, are we really pretending that Trump's an actual Nazi or is it just meant to be hyperbolic? Maybe so it covers up the real Nazis they're funding right now in Ukraine before they do so just popped into my head. But either way, it says, how does a personality free bag of whatever that says, Mitch McConnell actually won election. Like this is the kind of person that we're talking about here as a bunch of other ones he posted. That little man has been my celebrity crush for as long as I've known I'm gay. I don't know why that one's included. In case anyone had a doubt, 23andMe has confirmed I'm extremely effing Jewish. That, again, this there's the important ones. Yes, that person in the pink, has, oh, that's one we just read, calling them actual Nazis. This one says the patriarchy is bland white dudes incorrectly mansplaining to their girlfriends what breed my dog is. He's very clearly, have he very clearly has one, sp- there's people he's censoring that are challenging his worldview. That's the point. He says, you're right. The reason you disagree with President Obama has nothing to do with his party. It has to do with the fact that he's black. Is that the case? Or is he just using racism to shout people down that he doesn't agree with? Can, can the next Unicode version remove that emoji from the standard? Asking for a friend who isn't a white supremacist. You see? Why? Because a frog is now white supremacist? These people are ridiculous. Like, outrageously ridiculous. And they're the ones deciding things right now. And apparently Elon Musk is going along with that. Here's another person involved with Twitter. If they got, if, quote, if they are not going to make a distinction between Muslims and extremists, then why should I distinguish between white people and racists? Now, he's quoting that. So I don't know what the implication is there. But either way, the, that, that's a statement that's been made by plenty of people in that side of the conversation about, you know, white people and racists. The idea. And, and look, are we going to pretend like it's publicly publicly posted on these document on the school information? Right. You are racist if you're white and you can't be racist if you're not. That in and of itself is racist. It's it's ridiculous. But these are all the kind of people that are involved. And Elon seems to be okay with that. 
driving forward the the, the censorship, <laughs> whatever you call it, the content moderation council with people like ADL, the Bush Center, and people like Yule Roth. And finally, Deputy Eli David says, how the tide turns, see my point? Now Biden's getting fact-checked. Well, that's not because of anything that's changed. At the very least, I mean, I shouldn't say it like that. I post, the, I propose the possibility that maybe it's because they're acting differently because Elon's now in power of Twitter. That's certainly possible. They stopped doing certain things because he's, he's there. You know, that's all. I'm, I'm sure something has changed because he's there. But he keeps saying in regard to this kind of stuff that he's not done anything yet. That it's taking a long time to just get all the information. And he, But see, this happens. We go, oh, it's all over. We won kind of a thing. This is, we lost over 180,000 manufacturing jobs under the last guy. We created 700,000 under my watch. And this is, the tweet is conflating, regaining lost job, basically saying inaccurate. But that's not even necessarily the kind of thing that Trump would get like fake news. Either way. Apparently people are saying, no, I look at the tweet and it's not, I don't see it. So who knows what's going on? Regardless, the whole thing is distracting. Now, the only reason I'm taking this much time on this entire topic is because I find all this connective stuff interesting. But in a way, it's doing its job right now, isn't it? Now, here's another point about the whole Pelosi conversation. Jeremy Bory, Boring, <laughs> it's funny, from uh, the Daily Wire says, journalism is dead. 20 years ago, every major publication would have had boots on the ground. <laughs> interesting phrase, chasing the facts in the Paul Pelosi story. Because, right, that's the most pressing story of the day according to this guy or at least that's the same they, journalism's dead because that story is not covered correctly questioning the narrative interviewing everyone even tangentially connected demanding transparency right i mean i i don't necessarily agree with everything except the fact that it's centered around the paul pelosi story what an interesting statement anyway i said well journalism is, is dead because they didn't cover or cover appropriately the pelosi story really no it's because of blind partisanship and pandering to the powerful that we're here of which I argue their platform has a lot of partisanship and it's and journalism is alive and well where it's always been. Independent media. And by the way, that's been the way long before that was even a primary talking point. You had the people like the Bill Hicks of the world, you know, that were there pushing through this a long time ago. The point is, journalism is not dead. The people in the corporate media have been dead for a long time. The fact that people aren't covering the Pelosi story, in my opinion, shows you, I mean, I shouldn't say, I don't know, but I'm not going to say why they're, the me, corporate media might not cover. The point is that from independence perspective, at least from my perspective, it's because there's obvious, obvious manipulation taking place. Now I'm going to get into why I've already briefly pointed out, but since we pointed out today, this has some importance. The story itself, as I said in the beginning, I'm like, I'm not even going to talk about this today. It's so obviously faulty. I mean, the fact that we have to debate things that it's like in your face. Like the sky is blue. We have to debate about it when we can literally see it. Like the whole story is just childishly bad, really bad from the blogs being put up in the middle of the night to the fact that they somehow were talking. He was called a friend on the phone call that there's underwear with the weird hammer situation that he hit him right as the cops got there. I mean, everything about this is just obviously not what actually happened. It's just that plainly obvious. And that's why I think it's meant to be like the potentially on purpose. But as Kyle Becker says, let's recap. Hillary Clinton's 13 mobile phones smashed. Not allowed to see missing 14,000 hours from the January 6th. FBI has no idea what motivated Las Vegas shooter. Jeffrey Epstein's suicide video accidentally deleted. Pelosi's 28 security cams malfunctioned. Right, and of course, there's just no security, on as, as, as everyone's pointing out, on the Friday night when it's off the speaker. I mean, come on. 
It's just ridiculous. No questions, please. The idea, and if you want to dive into most of the story, there's no shortage of people talking about it out there. I had a whole thing pulled up, and I just decided to put it away. Not today, but from right with the day it was happening. You know, about the phone calls, and, you know, I think Robbie Starbuck was doing a lot of work on this and showing you information in the moment. That, that There's just obviously questions that the corporate media just doesn't want to ask that obviously don't make sense, and then acting like you're a bad person for asking these questions, which seems to be their go-to today, just trying to act like you're some, like some kind of moral superiority when they're the least morally superior people on the planet, right? Not working for you, corporate media. Not working. But going forward from that, realize how this is being used is what I think is important. Obviously, this person is the worst example of a alt-right white suppressed in the history of the conversation. I mean, not to say that all the rest of this is not, you know, it's just so, this whole story is so flimsy when I'm talking about like the vanilla ISIS conversation. But they took it anyway. They jumped on it like the January 6th, despite that also not even remotely being what they think they planned for it to be. But they're using it anyway. And by the way, Hillary Clinton tweeted about this. Remember? Elon Musk responded to her saying, maybe not, and then deleted his tweet <laughs> or was forced to. I never heard anybody follow up on that. I found that to be pretty strange. But it's clear that they want this to be a MAGA right. And it all, it all boils down to not just right the right being threats, but really that if you say things that they deem not allowable, that that in and of itself is a threat. And that's been being built for a long time. Biden's executive order about disinformation and conspiracy theory, where they literally outlined how those words then translate to violence and therefore that can be deemed a crime. They're not acting on it just yet. Not entirely. But that's what this is, too. I mean, that's what Clinton's tweet was all about. Here's what Republican talking points do. They translate to violence. And that's a big point for them, because what that can be used as is, well, what Ryan's saying is the same thing. Therefore, he needs to be brought down because he's going to kill people. That's the thing. They're doing this with all sorts of conversations. Like we were, my, I was actually talking, talking with my brother about uh, the climate change in WHO today. And one of the things they were saying, they didn't say it exactly, but they were infer- insinuating was that not acting for the climate change problem, they claim, is translating to people being killed. Now, they didn't come right out and say that non-action on climate change is murder, but that's what they were basically lining out. That if you don't do something here, you're responsible for people dying. Now, how, now we're at the point where inaction is violence if it's not, if you're not acting in the right way. It's exactly what we're seeing everywhere. Now, here's an article or a show I did called January 6th, The Failed False Flag Meant to Blame Russia and You Using the CIA-Grown Azov Movement. I should change that. It's movement still, but battalion at the time. And then it's to follow up the Patriot Front, January 6th, and the vanilla ISIS PSYOP, and how this is all being set up, in my opinion, very clearly. And then, again, just so you understand it, it's not just the Azov movement. Documents prove the CIA has been cultivating fascism in, the, in Ukraine since at least 1948. It's called Project Aerodynamic. It's not even secret. It's very obvious. And they're even owning that to a certain degree. Like, we just saw them, the Department of Defense say that we've been there since 2014. Right, and which will be a point we get into in the next segment. <laughs> Just how we're acting like boots on the ground for the first time that we're saying. Except that's also breaking news, so it falls in the same distraction conversation. But going forward, before we get to that, Bernie's tweets points out, and this is where all this is leading to, guys, in my opinion, that what we were just talking about, that words equal violence kind of thing. She points out that opposing the government's policies, including COVID measures, is now a sign that you're a terrorist. And that we, this is not new. It's just escalating. They've been laying the groundwork for this since the beginning of COVID and even before that. The intelligence services want you to snitch on your family, friends, and neighbors if they, you suspect they have dangerous views. 
I mean, this is crazy. This is over the top, but it's exactly what they've been building for us for quite a while now. Let me see if this one is loud. This one, we'll come back to that one in a second. High Impact Flix points out, you are now a, sto- we, and we talked about this term exactly, stochastic terrorist, according to CNN. Right now, this is exactly the point. That's what that term has been used. That's what the term was made up for. Where I guess I, I, I never looked into whether this. I should look up the Google trends. Let me know in the chat if you want to look it up. Like when that term was first used. Either way, it became prominent and only recently in the context of the fact that you're just you're just saying certain things, but that translates into violence. Essentially, watch the clip for yourself. High impact flicks. I think they either edited this themselves or somebody else edited. Either way, it's a you'll see what I mean. It's a video that's been manipulated, but it's still you can see the clear points here. Do not know what is missing in these people's hearts or their lives that they feel the need to smear individuals or groups. The complete and utter lie, the deranged smear that Paul Pelosi and the attacker were in a sexual relationship. It's a lie. But these smears about Paul Pelosi. Paul Pelosi. They're conspiratorial. Right. So is it is it not true? Have you proven that? No. Right. Not, not at all. There's not there's not there, there's plenty of interesting it, potential evidence. I mean, not evidence that's not proof that there was something going on. They go back long before to the drunk driving. There's plenty of talk. He can't stand there and say that it's not true if he sure as hell doesn't know if it's true or not. That's always the thing to think about. And yet they do. Right. If he's sitting there saying it's a lie, well, then what's your evidence then, bud? Are you going to prove that? How do you prove it's a lie? Oh, because he's married. Can't you tell? Like, that's the kind of stuff they do. Like they're act like, again, you're a bad person for asking a fair question. Of course, it's you got people standing in their underwear in the middle of the night. And we can't ask that question. No, of course, it could have been something else. Of course, it could have. And anybody objective can say that. But for these people to come out and say you're not even allowed to ask that question, otherwise what you are is now a terrorist, well, there you go. It speaks for itself. The deranged smear that Paul Pelosi and the attacker were in a sexual relationship. It's a lie. But these smears about Paul Pelosi. Paul Pelosi. They're conspiratorial. They're, in a way, an attempt to not just downplay, but justify the violence. What does conspiratorial even mean? Right. Because a conspiracy is about uh, you're saying, well, they're conspiring for some end. Right. So if you're conspiratorial, does that imply that you're conspiring? Right. I mean, think about it. It doesn't make sense, does it? It's just become a blunt term they use to just call you a liar or uh, a crazy loon that thinks believes in fake stories. What we're saying is that we believe that people conspire to do things to control you. Well, that's provable. That's a fact. Every day we see stuff like that, except they call it fake because they don't want you to be able to point out things that they think they're not supposed to talk about. Is it conspiratorial? I don't believe I'm conspiring against anybody. Are you? They're part of the same sickness that got Paul Pelosi injured to begin with. We in the United States need to fear more stochastic terrorism. It's defined as the public demonization of a person or a group that results in the incitement of a violent act. Okay, right there. This is the problem. This is where they're going. The reality is, unless they change this, is that you talking about something is not, no matter what later happens, your fault. Period. I don't care what you're talking about. That I am speaking words, which I'm allowed to do. Now, yes, there's a, there, there's a, there's, it, it, you can get to a point to where this gets difficult, right? If I'm standing up and I'm going, go kill those people. Well, there's a conversation to be had, right? But there's laws against that. 
So if I'm speaking about things like this, if I get up and I say, Paul Pelosi had a sexual relationship with this man, and that's why it happened. And somebody goes out and beats him up and even goes, T-Lav, when he does it. That's not my fault. You can't argue that's my fault. You can pretend that because I said that, that he decided to, but guess what you just proved? He decided to. It's not my fault that he uses your content to argue something. You see my point? But they love, like, what's the difference about saying that, I mean, this is exactly my point from before. The argument that this is the point, what about all the work that you do that then people get upset about? Like, here's a point that I keep forgetting about. Sorry, I'm jumping all over the place. Why don't they ask the question, you know why, about whether this is a, an upset Democrat. We keep seeing them scream at these people about being pro anti-war, but funding Ukraine about the AOC and everybody. Pelosi's right in this crowd. So is it not possible this guy was there because of that? Well, no, we got that apparent confession that just laid the groundwork. You know, everything about this is so completely flimsy, but we know that CNN, Fox news, all the rest of them, they're out there spending lies, which we know are lies we have throughout history about things that then create action around the world. People get killed because of the lies they tell. Now, even then, you can argue that they're not literally criminally responsible, but they are accountable for the lies they're spinning. You see my point? But what they're trying to do is create a reality where what we're saying absolutely can be taken to court, can put you in prison, because somebody else watched your show and took action because of what they claimed you said. This will be abused if it ever even goes to a point where people are charged for this, especially, I mean, I'm talking even when it's not the case. Uh, They will make a story up and say, this guy said that, and here's his manifesto. Sorry, we shot him before it played out. T-Lab, you're in prison. All right, that's the kind of stuff that we will see in an authoritarian government when they drive this into reality. I mean, this is wild. This will never be applied to the people in their position. And it shouldn't be, really, if we're being completely objective and honest about it. Excuse me, and honest about this. Even without express orders to attack that person or group. Okay, oh, sorry, I should have let that play out right there. So that's the craziest part. So even if you don't say, go do this, they're still pretending like you're somehow culpable for other people's actions. This is essentially removing accountability from anybody they want to at any time. That person or group. When leaders claim that their opponents are pedophiles or Satanists or are part of a grand conspiracy to hurt you and your family. is Okay, okay. So again, here's the point. Are pedophiles not possible? Are Satanists not possible? Are conspiracies not possible? So what right do you have to say we're not allowed to ask those questions or accuse people of something, right? If you want to be not objective and accuse somebody of something, well, that's up to you. But it's your right in free with free speech. The point here is that they just don't like those accusations. And that might be kind of telling, won't it? Stochastic terrorism. I'm really surprised when somebody who hears this acts. What exactly do you think is going to happen when politicians and TV anchors push the great replacement theory? Well, isn't that very telling? Do you know what they're showing right there? Do you remember? That's the Azov movement. That's not a joke. That is literally, literally, verifiably the U.S. arm of the Azov movement. That's the Rise Above movement right there. That is the Charlottesville March with the same torches, by the way, that you see in Ukraine. Okay, these people are verifiably the U.S. arm of the Azov movement that is funded and grown by the CIA. Easy to prove. I've done multiple shows on this. They have an arm in Germany. They have an arm around the world. But of course, they're just a small movement over there in Ukraine, they claim, right? Despite the provable I'm talking. Like the fact that, oh, I think it was, his name was Olga, I forget her name now. The, the One of the representatives of the movement, in, in the Azov movement, 
had meetings with these people, both in the United States and in Ukraine. Like, how crazy is that? So here we go. They, they march out here, connected to the Azov movement before we ever knew about that going on over there, right? They then use that as the impetus to build this entire narrative. That's where this all started. The cars hitting people, the tiki torches, the great replacement, all this stuff. How are we not considering that point? Because they either know this or don't care. It's all public. So if the CIA is directly tied to the movement that then created this, why don't we ask whether the whole vanilla ISIS PSYOP is meant to create the very group they want to demonize to use for their agenda? That's what January 6th was. They have been failing at this. It's painfully clear. And here we go again, pointing at them and saying, see, we can't let them think what they want. They're the ones creating this, whether this talking suit knows that or not. The idea that Jews want to replace whites in America with Latinos and people of color. You know what happens? That this deranged conspiracy theory inspires the anti-Semitic attacks in Pittsburgh. The anti- right now, they're going to go through and list off a select few and omit the ones that are tied to like a Democrat, let's say, or a left-leaning person. But on top of that, ask yourself about the, you know, why with the Proud Boys, right? A group that they call White supremacist. They call MAGA all right, whatever, except the leaders Enrique, and he's a he's a Hispanic guy. Now he just said Hispanic in there, right? Except, oh well, not that one. That's one of those vanilla ISIS guys. And that's where that plays in. Because they just don't have a connected narrative here. They're just gonna, well, it doesn't matter, right? That's why Iran's helping them vanilla ISIS. Right. So white supremacists are working with the very thing that they're I mean, it's it's so stupid, it makes my head hurt. It doesn't matter though, because they're just selling people on fear, hype, and lies. Latino attacks in El Paso, the racist Buffalo supermarket shooting. Paul Pelosi to his attacker was not a grandfather or a father or a husband or a businessman. He was an enemy. And how exactly do you know that? Right? Again, this is the kind of nonsense garbage you're spewed. But these people like love to speak intellectually about what people think and feel. Because they're great journalists, right? Or psychic, apparently. Now, even with his... his, his uh, supposed his supposed uh, uh confession i i don't see i didn't see him say enemy in there i didn't see him say she was my enemy you could infer you could impl- infer that by saying that he wanted to attack her is that the case though right so there's an example of the supposed leading journalist happily subjectively saying what they think and selling you that as fact that all this is about is claiming that you, this is what they've created in regard to the left-right paradigm, Trump versus Biden, everything. Remember that? After after 2016 or a little before that, suddenly it became that the left or the right, the other side was the enemy, right? That's what we said. So that's not us doing that. That's the corporate media and the two-party paradigm radicalizing people, like I keep telling you. They became the enemy. If you're right, well, you're trying to destroy the planet. If you're on the left, you're trying to s- spread Satanism and pedophile or whatever their argument would be. That's what it became. They did that, not us. And now they're selling even harder on us being the enemy, right? Even though they're saying it in reverse, what they're essentially doing there is saying that those people who want to call you the enemy, they're the enemy. See the point? It's just clumsy. He was an enemy. Overlap with the 911 call. Yet in Pelosi's 911 call, he knew DePappy's first name and apparently referred to him as a friend. Here's the audio. This is from a dispatcher relaying Paul Pelosi's call. Harvey stated that there's a male in the home and that he's going to wait for his wife. Harvey stated that he doesn't know who the male is, but he advised that his name is David. 
and that he is a friend. He was an enemy. He is a friend. Enemy. Friend. Hmm. Now, obviously, the point I made just to be objective is that, well, it, it could be that he said that because he was fearing for his life or whatever. But the, everything about the story doesn't add up. And the bottom line is to, again, re reiterate the main point. If you are if he's saying you, these people are so dangerous that they see them as an enemy, even when you're not, he's framing the people like Pelosi as the innocent victim and the evil right MAGA people as the ones who think you're so evil they want to hurt you. Okay, well, what does that frame for them? That makes them the enemy. That makes them dangerous. That makes them people that we need to stop. We all know that. That's, in, that's right along the surface of this conversation. And, that, and that's doing so by building this based on the idea this guy was an alt-right terrorist, even though that's not even exactly... Like, it just How about this? Even if everything they're saying is true, it still does not then mean that every single Republican and MAGA person is somehow radicalizing, influencing, or attacking everybody that they come across. It's just that stupid. But they were do this because the agenda's in play. That's the reality. Now, here's the other clip I was just talking about in regard to how uh, it's this one here. I just had to download it. This is the uh, basically in, in uh, New Zealand saying that if you have opposing views, that you're essentially a terrorist. And it's the same idea. This is how it's being built everywhere you look. Oh, is this one? Hold on. Here we go. Ah, of course. That is so strange. Let me see if it's loud enough. I did the whole thing so I could download it. I don't know why StreamYard does this sometimes. The same file, but sometimes it has this weird image where it says that one can't be played. I'm not sure why. Let me see one more time. Come on. There we go. That's so strange. Now, now it works. Secret Service is launching an initiative to help us identify people who may have been radicalized. Know the signs details dozens of indicators that a friend or family member could be planning a terror attack. Uh-oh, right? See something, say something, right? If you think your neighbor's a MAGA guy, make sure you watch him. Make sure you catalog what goes in his garbage can and make sure you tell them if it seems suspicious just disgusting what they've turned people into. As Adam Hollingworth reports, the move comes as our spy chiefs identify a new and worrying type of terrorism. Spy chiefs. Time was when the intelligence services were never seen, never heard. But now they're loudly proclaiming your country needs you to keep an eye on those you know, and if necessary, dob them in. Recognizing wow. a potential wow. warning sign and then alerting NZSAS or police could be the vital piece in the puzzle that ultimately saves lives. To that end, they're publishing a guide called Know the Signs to help us all identify potential terrorists in our midst. To pay attention if they are, and to be alert so that if they see or hear about something that seems off, um, that worries them and concerns them, they might have a look at this information to say, does this indicate to me that this person is on the road to actually committing an attack? The SIS has listed around 50 signs from obvious ones, like writing on a weapon, as happened in Christchurch, to... A person who is, who is really... What, what is it even... So writing on a weapon, just arbitrarily, because it's, that's what we saw before? <laughs> what, I mean, so writing... I mean, think about how arbitrary that is. I just don't understand. That's... I don't even know why that then translates to terrorist activity just because two people before him have done it and it was exactly the same writing in exactly the same way. That speaks to me more that this has been planned and organized. 
not by the people we're talking about either. They're developing an us versus them worldview. Authorities say they're usually closely monitoring 40 to 50 potential terrorists. These people used to be motivated by their white identity or by their faith. But in- so everyone they monitored before this, they claim, or at least the vast majority, which is what he just said, were people that were motivated by their white identity. That's it. And an us first them mentality, you mean like everything you guys push every day about the Middle East, about Iran, about China, about Russia, right? But not not all of that, just you guys and your MAGA stuff, right? I mean, it's just insulting to your intelligence. In the past six months, a third group has emerged, those motivated by politics. And so it could be the COVID measures that the government took, and so it could be the COVID measures that the government took, or it could be other policies that are interpreted as, as infringing on rights. Okay, so if you're unhappy with the unjust and completely in the United States unconstitutional COVID mandates, well, you're a terrorist, right? It could be anyway. Or, or if you push back on the fact that you feel that they're infringing on your rights, well, you could be a terrorist. Or how about they're just infringing on your rights? Does that play into the factor? Well, that's not possible because we're good guys, right? That's not possible. That's where they operate from. Well, because we're honest and therefore you're not. So you see, I mean, that's, that's how this works. They act as the forlorn hero that's doing the bad thing for good reasons, and it doesn't matter. So you are not allowed to speak up and be like, well, you just stole my rights from me. Oh, you're a terrorist now. How dare you question my integrity? These people are tyrants. These are authoritarians. They're acting with absolute power and acting like they're doing it for you, which, in my opinion, the people doing bad and acting like they're doing good for everyone, they're the worst of the worst, worst. Uh, and 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 it's a, what I sometimes describe as a kind of hot mess of, of ideologies and beliefs um, fueled by conspiracy theories, fueled by conspiracy theories. The launch of the initiative Know the Signs is an... In- and by that they mean, you know, questioning vaccine safety, you know, because totally unjustified, right? Or that Ukraine's Nazis or that climate change is not is, is fake story that's being used for politi- political reasons. You know, no, no, all fake news conspiracy theory. And if you say all those things, you're killing people indicator that the security services know that they can't do it alone. They need the help of the public. But to some, the guide is a first step only. How do we upskill those people in our community who are much closer to people who might be potentially radicalised and get them to understand what it is they're seeing? That's our challenge. And again, by radicalized, they simply mean people that are asking questions about the government, people that are asking whether they're being lied to. That's what they mean. These people are terrified of you. They are terrified of you thinking for yourself. Here's another example. It says this is quite Orwellian. They're discussing the same conversation of New Zealand government introduces language compliance officers. Think about that as we're criticizing Iran for their moral. I forget the group, what it's called now. Moral police. I forget the whole hijab conversation. Like, So it's okay for them to literally have language compliance, but they're the bad guys for, I mean, it's just, it's it's not, they're not even comparable. This this is what they, I'm trying to make the, this is why it's not okay for us to sit over here and pretend like we know better for other people with different beliefs and different entire culture. But, but we'll criticize this cover. These governments will criticize everybody for anything while this stuff is completely okay. Cause we're the good guys. That's all. That's it. That's all you get.
I want to talk to you about and get your opinions on. We've had a couple of pieces of legislation from the uh, Jacinda Ardern's government. One again tackling hate speech, supposedly. Another tackling uh, something to do with language compliance or some weird kind of idea. And there's this, also this whole issue of how the Maori language now seems to be supplanting English. And how can this possibly be beneficial to uh, a well-functioning democracy? Jonathan, take us through it. Well, look, uh, that's right. We've we've got a, a bit of a contradiction here where uh, we've got liberal authoritarianism coming in place and you think uh, those are a contradiction in terms. That's not really the case. A government that, uh, despite its progressive values, uh, is, is cracking down on a lot of these basic civil liberties. So just on Sunday, the Minister of Justice announced or re-announced, really, that uh, hate speech laws would be uh, introduced into Parliament and they're aiming to have these uh, passed before the next election. So tell us, tell us, tell us the hate speech laws, why they are bad, but also tell me about these language compliance officers who will be going into to, into government departments to supposedly make democracy more inclusive. This sounds like a woke left wing nightmare to me. It sounds like COVID on steroids, where you're having these jumped up characters who are suddenly full of authority, wandering up to people and saying, "I heard you just called the." the woman over there is Sheila. And I'll say, yeah, I did call her a Sheila because that's what she is. Whoops, handcuffs, down, thrown on the ground, beaten up and dragged off. Is this what New Zealanders can look forward to? Well, uh, they say the more things change, the more things stay the same. So maybe it is this uh, woke progressive stuff, but in many ways it's straight out of 1984 as well, isn't it? This is this is quite Orwellian. In I mean, I, I, I do have to wonder at the self-awareness of the people that draft this legislation. They're called plain language officers. I mean, it, it's just... Well, I can tell you, Jonathan, if it... Plain speech, plain language officer comes up to me. They're going to get some very, very plain language very quickly. And it's all going to be uh, words of four letters and one syllable. Um... Yeah, right. I mean, plain language, plain, or what they say. I just, that's weird. Plain clothes. I forget what he said, but, you know, calling them officers, right? I mean, that's, this is so far over the top. They are now enforcing in New Zealand what you're allowed to say. I mean, if you think that's not being fed from the UK and the United States, then you're not paying attention. So here, to jump over into the foreign policy part of the continuation, because I think a lot of this stuff does still continue to have to do with distracting you. Slow News Day points out, well, this seems interesting and share this with me. This is a, a, a supposed hack of the Ukraine, the Delta system the US government is using inside Ukraine. As it says, the US Delta Command and Control was hacked the Joker DPR hacked into, I'll show you what the group is, the much vaulted American Delta Command and Control Program, which is actively used by the uh, American uh, Air Force, uh, oh, the Air Force of Ukraine. To make it clear, is it active forces? I mean, let me know in the chat if that is Air Force or active force or what that stands for. I, I assumed a full moment ago when I was looking at it, that it was Air Force. This is a program in which all data on friendly and enemy troops is entered for command. Very interesting. Here is the uh, Sergei Bobkov saying Russian Telegram account. So the Telegram account of Joker DPR claims to as a group claims to have hacked Ukrainian American command and control platform Delta. You can see the, the Joker walking through right there. That's what it was looking like. Pretty funny. <laughs> now it says every single UA unit located is mapped real time and right for the picking. They even map out the UAV routes. Hilarious if true. 
seems pretty clearly true based on a lot of different reports going around. Here is uh, the way the uh, South Front U.S. Delta program used by Ukrainian military command hacked by the Joker DPR hacker team. Basically, just going over the same point of the story. Now, here is an argument saying they lied, saying Ukraine Defense Ministry claims Russia lied about hacking Delta, which of course they would say. Like, if there's one group that you're going to sprinkle doubt on before you look at it, that's the Ukrainian military government right now. They lie. They've been caught lying by their own government, by everybody. More often than not, let's put it that way. And that's being very kind. So they say Russia lied about hacking our systems. Well, of course they would say that. Even if they weren't caught lying about everything, they would say that just like everyone lies about how many missiles were shot down, how many got through. It's the same thing they do every time. The system works stably. They said the data in is reliably protected. <laughs> so it's fake news and they're lying about it. Well, it just kind of seems like an odd thing. And by the way, it's not Russia lying about it. First of all, it's a group on Telegram, which then got pointed at by people on Twitter. If Russia was going to lie about this, they would have blasted it out and said, we did this like you would see when they do are proud about this seems to be if it did happen to a group that's doing it on their own accord. I'm just guessing because there seems to be limited information on this, but you should ask yourself either way. It's an interesting story, but I find it interesting that right after this is when they go, we officially confirm we're on the ground. <laughs> you know, like, like something was about to be real. This is hilarious. Cause it's like, well, you mean like you have been there since two, 1948 or 2014 or like what other time are we pretending you weren't there? It's just pathetic. But also I'd like to point out, first of all, that they're saying it wasn't even true. It didn't even happen. They're lying. <laughs> March 25th, Russia hacked Ukraine satellite communications, officials believe. So they're claiming that Russia hacked them anytime anything goes wrong. Everywhere. I mean, I mean, we all see that, right? We don't even, they don't even need to prove it. Half the time, I wonder whether there is even a hack. The U.S. government does it, right? This happens. Now Russia did it. They brought this down. Same thing's been happening in Ukraine. So think about how funny it is that instead you would argue that it would be in their interest to argue Russia hacked them because aren't they trying to argue that Russia's hacking everybody? So how funny is it that Ukraine goes, no, it didn't happen. Pretty much tells you that it happened, right? <laughs> I mean, if you really read into it and see how this has gone, their agenda has been to paint Russia as hacking everything under the sun because of the cyber pandemic and where it's all going. But then Ukraine <laughs> says, no, it's probably because they got hacked and they were embarrassed by it. Just my opinion. But so all that happens for whatever reason, like literally right then, they oh, we're on the ground. Pentagon officially confirms what we've all known and everybody with two brain cells dropped together has already known because they've already admitted this, guys. They've already said this. I just pointed at the Department of Defense saying on their own website that they've been on the ground since 2014. So what is this? What is this? This is nothing but distraction, if you ask me. November 2nd, American troops are now on the ground in Ukraine performing inspections of U.S. weapon caches. Ah, no, no, we're not fighting in the ground. No, no, of course not in an effort to track billions of dollars worth of arms. Well, why? Because we've just become aware, even though they've arguably done this on purpose, because it was publicly discussed now that those weapons aren't going to the right places, right? We've seen two examples now of people on the ground going, oh, maybe 30% makes it to where it's supposed to go. And then we just saw with the Finnish government and plenty of others go, well, the, these weapons are flowing into our country into the hands of gun gangsters and, and problem, problematic people. That is the U.S. government flooding the zone with weapons unaccountably and acting like anybody but them are part of the problem. So now they're going, no, we're going to jump in here when they've already been there. They've already been facilitating all this. So that's the first point. If it's going awry, I would argue it's because they want it to. But now they're pretending like we just got here and we're going to fix the problem. We're going to inspect all these weapon caches. Both the, Imagine this, by the way, how many people and where locations they have to be in. Anyway, both the Associated Press and the Washington Post are reporting because that's what they do, report what they're told, 
what the UN that the U.S. boots are on the ground officially for the first time in Ukraine. The State Department and the Pentagon unveiled a plan last week to track U.S. supplied weaponry. Well, gee, shouldn't you maybe have done that from the beginning? <laughs> nah, then we wouldn't have had to we wouldn't got to make the story up then, right? To keep it off the black market. Doesn't that seem like what you should have done first? It's just like the vaccine. Oh, we were in such a rush to quickly defend them because everything was in the, you know, our hair's on fire. So we had to rush the money out there and get the weapons quickly. And yeah, some went to the wrong places, but it was all because of Russia and we had to do it so fast, right? We had to rush through the vaccine safety because we were all going to die and none of this is true. Whether they were wanting it to be unsafe or because, I mean, who knows what they were covering up, but the idea that they had to not do this first because of danger and for democracy, you know, this is called malfeasance they should have done this the right way to begin with but they didn't care i argue it's because they wanted this to be the way it went down alex says, oh wow boots on the ground in ukraine come on guys it's been provably the case for a long time so this is the again quick side note recognize the value of people in the independent media these these high level bow wow breaking news really and many of them are genuinely going new story. Like they don't know that it's already been the case, either because they didn't know or because they've just been towing whatever line they were sold, which is what they are. That they're not there, even though they are. The report is saying here, Buzz Peters. Hey, George, Joe Biden, what happened to no Amer American boots on the ground in Ukraine? Good point. Didn't he say that? Was he lying? No, there's just a new part of the story now. Right. That's all that. Ha that's all that happens. That's called mission creep. It happens every moment where they say one thing and then, well, I meant it when I said it. But now because fill in the blank, now we have to do it just like Trump did with Syria and everywhere else. We're going to get out of Syria tomorrow. Oh, something happened. Well, we have to stay wah, wah. every time, every time endlessly because they never intended to leave in the first place. Right. Because he did say that no boots on the ground in Ukraine. Well, now they're going to play the game where we're not there on a mission. Boots on the ground, that means actually combat. We were there for inspection, blah, blah, blah. It's a game. It's a game of it creeping every time. The reports make it abundantly clear that President Joe Biden has ruled out any combat role. Okay, so let's, let's juxtapose this next to what he just said before. So no American boots on the ground. Well, now there's boots on the ground. No combat role for those boots on the ground. Okay, what's next you're going to hear? What do you think? Let's guess into the wind, huh? Because we seem to be good at that. How much you want to bet something will happen right in the area where those troops are. And they're going to be forced to respond because, well, we have to defend ourselves, right? And then Russia attacked an area where there's U.S. troops. And now we're invested. Now we have to do, you see, what, mark my words. Mark my words. This is where it's going. And then I'll even go one step further. My opinion would be, and I'm, I'm not saying I'm not going to assume this. I will look through it objectively like I always do. My gut tells me that will be conducted by the Ukrainian military so to force the hand of people outside the country. So they will force the hand of the U.S. government. So they will be able to blame Russia because the U.S. government is not going to say Ukraine just attacked us, even if they knew it happened. Will they? We've been very clear. There are no combat forces in Ukraine. You see, he's, contend he's pretending like he's towing the same line. He's acting like this statement is the same as this statement. We've been clear from the beginning. There will be no combat. That's not what you said, Biden. You said no boots on the ground. There are boots on the ground. You're wrong. No U.S. forces conducting combat operations. Well, that's already not true. I've proven you this. They were on the ground training people. That's considered combat, in my opinion, especially since they're training forces to go out there. But you could argue differently. Nonetheless, 
there have been evidence of actual military people involved in combat. That's been stated by people on the ground who are involved. How about the fact that we've already seen an endless amount of U.S. soldiers who are supposedly going of their own accord over there to fight for freedom? Are we really going to pretend like they haven't just continued to send people acting like they went there on their own? Oh, he's just a reservist that went there because he wanted to, or they were sent there many different ways. Or we're not even talking about people like the, which, which by the way, I always forget, is the primary focus here of groups like the Van Blackwater uh, Academy, uh, Acad- Acad- uh, what is it? Academy groups, right? The, the mercenaries. That is the reality today. That's what they use when they pull out of Syria or somewhere else because they can go, no boots in the ground. We're no longer there except we're funding everybody that's fighting still. So you still are there. You just pray it's not U.S. boots on the ground. This development could lead to an inevitable mission creep, the article argues, and I completely agree. It's inevitable. Like, not even inevitable. It's a foregone conclusion, guys. That's my opinion. There have been, it's just, just because of it's, it's the science of paying attention, <laughs> just watching their actions throughout history and seeing how repeatedly, how often they do the same thing over and over. There have been many calls from Republicans in Congress demanding accountability for the billions of dollars, potentially trillions, of weapons and ammo that have been donated to Ukraine during the war. Now ask yourself this, if the right Republican members are the white supremacy dangerous ones, which is what they're essentially framing right now, even though they keep, you know, it's just the MAGA, they're generally pointing at all Republicans when they point at things like we just talked about. How come they're the only ones criticizing the weapon funding going to Nazis then? How about that? I mean, I mean, that's just a basic point that they're the pretty much the only ones going, why are we sending all this money? Even if that's only because they see it an advantageous situation to step up and be the counterpoint, knowing it's going to happen anyway, right? I know that happens all the time. Why were they doing that if they're the ones supporting the Nazis, right? They just don't want you to think that that's happening, despite that being one of the most obvious things on the planet today, that they're funding neo-Nazis and fascists and Nazis in Ukraine. It's publicly available. Concerns are being ratcheted up as Finland is documenting the spread of American weaponry outside of Ukraine. I just talked about this the other day, making its way into the hands of criminal elements. Quote, weapons shipped by various countries to Ukraine have been found in Sweden, Denmark, the Netherlands. Guys, there's no way this is happening without either a complete collapse of the, fu- of the, of the, the supply chain, not in regard to everything else, like the, the U.S. military sending these in, which I highly doubt, or... It's meant to be that way, or the U.S. or the, the Ukrainian military is selling these things. That's the most likely option, I argue. My God, what a lie. Now, a couple last points on the foreign policy. U.N. team is inspecting Ukrainian sites for traces of alleged dirty bomb. Well, it's interesting. It's not what you might think. The first thought I had of this is not what it ended up turning out to be. It's actually, and I don't know if it's going to end up this way, but it seems that they're there. The, the International Atomic Energy Agency, or the IAEA, is there at the behest of Russia. The UN's international, the IAEA Director General, Rafael Grossi, on Tuesday confirmed that a team of weapons inspectors is on the ground in Ukraine examining sites that Russia recently named in connection with the alleged Ukrainian dirty bomb plot. That's pretty interesting, because I argue that Ukraine doesn't want them there if you want my personal opinion, because the Ukrainian government are the ones involved with this. So it's interesting which government, like, think about it like this. If Russia was about to do something in the areas they're pointing at, which is what Ukraine insinuated, then why would they send them there? That's hard to argue, isn't it? I mean, that's the whole point. Ukraine said the air, that they're going to do something in these areas that they just argued that, that Ukraine, they said they're claiming that because they're the ones going to do it. Right. So they said these areas. 
So now they go, go in there and look. <laughs> that's what you would expect Ukraine to do if they wanted to prove themselves in it, but that's not what happened. So here we go. I don't know what's going to happen. I, I have a hard time believing it's going to be honest, especially with the way that the uh, the previous head of the, the director general of the IAA, what happened to him, Amano, the Japanese gentleman that died of cancer in like three days, which is not even possible. And he was the one on the record that said that he was being threatened by Israel and the United States for telling the truth about Iran. That's all on the record, guys. There's a whole show on that. So when these new people get it put in place, I find it hard to believe they're going to be honest. But and interesting that this is what started it. Russia's UN ambassador, Vasily Nebenzia, submitted a formal letter to the UN last week, right after this started. It just does not speak. It does not indicate guilt. Certainly could be. Maybe they're just thinking that far ahead. That's always possible. My point is always that they, they continue to take the actions of the people trying to expose the truth, even if they're lying, while the Ukrainian military continues to do literally everything you would expect from a childish lying manipulator. And I'm not even saying that to be derogatory. I'm saying legitimately the way they conduct themselves, like, for instance, having one of their officials tweet to Elon Musk on Twitter and say, go F yourself or go F off. That's literally what happened. To the very guy who's supplying you with Starlink, which is wildly important to your entire endeavor. That's childish. That is them acting like they can do whatever they want and not realizing that they're finite. That they're not really in power at all unless other people allow them to be. My point is that Elon then did something with that. That's the kind of thing we see. That's not the kind of people that are doing the right thing for the right reasons. But it, says, it goes on to say... That oh that they they basically Russia reached out and to the Security Council and charged Ukraine's nuclear or rather it says they submitted a formal letter letter to the UN Security Council last week which charged Ukraine's nuclear research facility and mining company was creating a bomb with radioactive material on orders from Zelensky himself. Russia's state news agency RIA had named the two sites as the Eastern Mineral Enrichment Plant and the Central uh, however you pronounce that region in the Institute for uh, Nuclear Research in Kiev. The letter alleged that Ukrainian technicians, quote, received direct orders from Zelensky's regime to develop such a dirty bomb. Kiev and its Western backers quietly condemned the claims as transparently false, despite there being no transparent evidence presented. And gotta love that. The U.N. agency had on Sunday described the mission as follows, quote, the purpose of the safeguards visit is to detect any possible undeclared nuclear activities and material. Well, what's interesting, by the way, is if they were intending to do this for everywhere, well, they would be going to Russia, right? But they're not. They're going to the areas Russia pointed at. So I'm not really sure how this can end up being aimed at Russia in any way. If they find something, how can it be argued that Russia put it there, but they're not there right now? Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is, I'm interested to see how this plays out. Last month, Russia began alleging the dirty bomb detonation would be happening, which would spread radioactive waste and potentially contaminate, lar contaminate large urban areas and was being prepared by Ukrainian forces so, so that such a mass casualty were, uh, incident would be blamed on Moscow in order to justify greater Western intervention. This is like 101 playbook from U.S. government manipulation in the past, provably, like in Syria. This already happened, and Russia has been proven to be correct on this, at least in, in one case that I know of, right? The idea that they came out way ahead and said they are planning this. And it, this, people like Robert Fisk went on the ground. Plenty of people went there from into corporate media and said, this is obviously we're being lied to. Hey, this is no doubt. And here, by the way, is what they keep doing. This is Ned Price, October 25th, coming out yet again to float the new idea. The, the, the new idea, excuse me, the, the same idea they tried to float in the beginning and got insulted and embarrassed by it. Like they're using crisis actors and it's about to happen, which never happened, except Ukraine's done that numerous times already and been caught for it. 
So again, projecting, I argue, because the same reason they're pretending what's happening now in reverse, right? They know Ukraine's going to be doing this to blame on Russia, probably because they're involved in it. Just a guess. So they come out and point the finger. Just like they always do. It could really be that simple. And then Russia says, look, they're planning it. And they go, see, we told you they would do that. It's not that it's not really that meta. It's pretty obvious. But they say there would be consequences for Russia if it uses a so-called dirty bomb or any other bomb or nuclear weapon. So the point is they already set the table, just like they did in Syria. If anybody uses this bomb, they're going to blame Russia. That's what they're telling you. Pretty simple. I mean, I don't know how you don't see how guilty these people are. And I'm talking about the U.S. government in this case. Now, lastly, a couple of what, or I should keep saying that, but <laughs> Iran has boots on the ground in Crimea, Warren's White House. I'd love to see the evidence. It wouldn't surprise me if they were, because you know what this, you know what this title breaks down to? Okay, so Iran is in Russia. <laughs> okay, says the White House. Well, first of all, Iran being in a Russian-controlled territory, which is now part of Russia, it's not really that contentious, seeing as how they're allies. I guess the real issue is that Iran's involved in the Ukraine conflict. But again, why is that a problem exactly? Is not the U.S. using every ally at its disposal? Is not Ukraine using every ally, in fact, trying to pull in NATO entirely? I just don't get how it becomes unjustified and, and villainous when the other guys do exactly the same things to a lesser degree that the good guy side is doing. Oh my God, they're using drones. So are you. But they bomb civilians. So is Ukraine. But I argue that's not even what to be. Anyway, the point, let's just say it's all happening. The point is that they're completely hypocritical and one-sided. But this discussion, uh, I think there was only one thing. It doesn't even, it's just the title, really. Iranian officials are operating in Russian-occupied Crimea. Again, it's just so stupid. If they can't say that Crimea was had voted and had a referendum and international support, or I mean, not international support, but international observers that affirmed that it was done correctly, if they can't admit that by now, then why do you trust anything they're saying? Helping the Kremlin to conduct air attacks on Ukraine drones. Okay, so fine. Even if it is, we're talking about them involved in a war and helping their ally. That's pretty damn normal, if you ask me, except that you claim that they're evil, villainous bad guys, which like out of some kind of childish cartoon. Now, on top of that, same exact time frame, totally not connected and meant to come out at the same time. Not at all. November 1st, U.S. concerned about Iran threats to Saudi Arabia. Interesting. This could be Saudi Arabia trying to, you know, Basically, there's been a little bit of a divide between the U.S. government and Saudi Arabia, at least it's perceived. Maybe this is Saudi Arabia seeing what the U.S. does. Are you going to step up and do something about this? What, our claim? Now, remember that the whole, Ye the whole Yemen conversation, they pretend is just Iran. It's not. We're talking about the Houthis, which is a, it's a group that's been supported by the, the actual population of Yemen, political group that's been forced to act the way that they are to defend what's going on, just like Gaza, or rather the, uh, the uh, shoot, Hamas or Hezbollah. These are not the groups they, they claim that they are. The, the moderate rebels, those are terrorists. Not even a question. We all know that by now. The point here is they're saying they're threatening Saudi Arabia. The United States is concerned about threats from Iran against Saudi Arabia. You mean the country that is currently occupying Yemen? That's literally starving an entire country to death? Who is literally allowing ISIS areas and pockets to continue to grow within their territory? Which are actually continuing to blockade the, strait of the, the Bab al-Mandab Strait? which is a war crime that nobody argues against that continues to bomb the infrastructure of food and water. And yeah, all that's okay though. Iran is threatening Saudi Arabia. Oh my gosh. Let's do something about that. Right guys. Is that even true? Who cares? <laughs> it doesn't even matter. They said so. So an openly authoritarian monarchy is being threatened by another country. That's limited democracy, but we only care because Iran bad guy. 
my God. They're concerned about threats from Iran against Saudi Arabia and will not hesitate to respond if necessary. So if this was Russia, that would become the U.S. just threatened nuclear war against the right. Is that not like Russia responds and saying, look, if you force us and attack us, we'll defend ourselves. They even just took nuclear weapons off the table. That didn't become a talking point. Why not? They just claim that we're not. We guarantee we won't use nuclear weapons. No, nope, nothing. That's a, a, a couch threat for nuclear weapons. That's what it becomes. So U.S. openly says we will do something if you even claim something happened. And that's not bellicose. That's not belligerent. That's not a threat. Oh, because they're good guys. I forgot. Quote, we are concerned about the threat picture and we remain in constant contact through military and intelligence channels with the Saudis. We will not hesitate to act in the defense of our interests and partners in the region. That's just a threat. You're basically saying we will do something if I, all that will take. If Saudi Arabia speaks up and says something happened, if bombs themselves, well, you'll see action. This is what we keep seeing. Not that that's always what's happened or even what will happen. It's possible, is my point, because they set the table. The official spoke at the Wall Street Journal reported or after the Wall Street Journal reported that the Saudi Arabia that Saudi Arabia has shared intelligence with the U.S. warning of an imminent attack from Iran on targets in the kingdom. And there you go. That's all it takes. So now Iran's on the attack again. I've never seen one provable allegation about what Iran is doing in their leading state sponsor of terror. Remember that? <laughs> My God, these people are ridiculous. Meanwhile. They're starving Yemenis and attacking Gaza Strip. And they're, uh, I mean, you could go on for 25 minutes about all the horrible things they're doing for freedom. And then, then you got allegations about Iran or allegations. I mean, just, it's, it's painful, but they said so. So there's a threat coming. All this is meant to build on the idea that Iran and Russia are becoming dangerous now. They're building and they're going to take over the world like pinky in the brain, right? It's that stupid. The United States has said Iran has supplied Russia with drones for use in its war. Right, okay. So, so is everybody else involved with war. So allies are helping allies in war. Crazy. Prompting Washington to set aside efforts to resurrect the Iran nuclear deal. Okay. So we wanted the deal to work because Biden swore he'd make the deal work, but it's only because they're doing bad things that we haven't proven. So I had to put down the deal. It was never going to happen. They don't want that to be the case. President Joe Biden in recent weeks has been at odds with Saudi Arabia after the whole OPEC discussion. Robert wrote about this. I think that's what's leading this conversation. In any case, building the narrative based on nothing but narrative. That's it. And a couple points on Israel that I think are important. Dr. Yara Hawari points out, I've always boycotted the Israeli regime's general elections, which are taking place right now. And I always will. That's what she says. This is both a moral stance. I refuse to acknowledge the legitimacy of colonial elections and a political tactic. Quote, the master's tools will never dismantle the master's house. Please let this reflect for it. Let this overlap on the current farce that are the midterms. This is exactly how we should address the U.S. elections. Abstention, abstaining from voting is not the absence of voting, guys. It is your vote. Go in there and write down abstention because there's supposed to be a spot for you to abstain on the ballot. It's not there anymore. Just like jury nullification. It's not supposed to exist, even though it does. They don't like you knowing that you do have some power. You can step up and say, this election's illegitimate. I'm going to write, I'm going to abstain out of protest. And they're even supposed to count those and report them. They don't. They don't want you to know how many people don't take part. And I'm not even talking about because you don't care. Because people are truly protesting the illegitimate nature of these elections now. I have been for a long time. Vote no one 2020. Vote no one 2016. We've been here for a long time. That's not because I don't care. It's because I don't believe this is actually what you think it is. I could be wrong. 
I'd love for you to prove that, though, because I can prove pretty easily that we are not being voted. Your votes don't actually translate. But I said it is your vote. The truth is that your vote has long since been stolen from you. Abstain in protest of an illegitimate, fraudulent system. Vote nobody 2022. Vote nobody 2024. Now, all the people that come over the top and say, well, what? Well, then everybody else's votes will wait a minute. But we just established well, to me that those votes don't actually translate. Right. That's my standing point. So if you're going to jump over and say, what about their votes? Realize that you're it's hollow. Okay. the point is that we've had evidence of how very clearly election machines, jury, I mean, the uh, gerrymandering, all these different little tools and levers they have to alter certain things and then flat out cheating. That's been, I mean, how dumb it is that they can argue that Russia elected Trump, but then the very next time they go, you can't challenge the election because that's crazy. <laughs> this is how stupid they think we are. And this is why I think everybody can see through how flimsy this is. My, but we but have some kind of block when it comes to realizing that your vote doesn't actually translate into electing people anymore, if not ever. So if we can acknowledge that it's being manipulated, very clearly, which would then imply that they don't need to, to rely on your vote to make something happen. When you then when you then talk about not voting, still the first reflexive answer is, well, well then everybody else is going to vote and they're going to get what they want. They're going to take advantage of you not being there. It's like, well, we just went over this. So I'm not asking people to believe me. I'm just asking you to think about it and research it for yourself. Look up Clint Curtis and look up the history of knowingly being testifying that he was paid to alter voting machines. And then the next election, they use those same voting machines. There's just no missing what's going on right now. So if we can establish that your vote doesn't technically count anymore, then voting for nobody doesn't change anything at the very least. Right. It doesn't it doesn't then let them win. It doesn't change anything. But on the most, it would change everything. Because if we can show everybody that nobody is taking part in this anymore, it leads to change, guys. I don't necessarily know if it'll be better change, but you know what? Change is all I'm talking for at this point. We need something different. Now, the point is it won't if there are the right people who are trying to lead these things in the right direction, I think we can lead it in a positive direction. That's just my opinion. Call me hopeful. But anyway, the point is stand up. And I put the link in here. Oh, down here too. Why your vote no longer counts. The true power of abstention. Now, a couple quick links on Israel after my rant about elections. I didn't plan to do that, but here is a, a video about Israel's apartheid elections. And she makes excellent points. Just for clear, every leading right, the, the main leading human rights organizations in the world today openly call Israel an apartheid state, a Jewish supremacy state. That is a direct quote from B'Tselem. Amnesty International, Human Rights Watch. Right. So those people that are trying to scream anti-Semitic, well, then you go ahead and deal with the leading human rights organizations of the world first, then come back to me. OK, here's what they're here's what's going on in their supposed democratic elections. Oh, that's weird. My videos got blanked out here. Am I losing you guys? I think this is the one. I want to talk. Nope. This democratic elections are coming up, but are they actually the democracy they claim to be? No, because in the words of Amnesty International, they're an apartheid state. Israel controls the land, sea, and air of Gaza. And yet the people who live there, not allowed to vote. Palestinians of East Jerusalem, land which has been illegally annexed by Israel. Can they vote? No. Palestinians deprived of their freedom of movement because of Israeli military checkpoints throughout the occupied West Bank. Can they vote? No. But you know who can vote? Violent Israeli settlers illegally living in the West Bank. I mean, the, the important part to understand here is these are people that are not there by choice, right? If you're in God, you can't leave, right? But yet you're not allowed to vote. 
So how does that make sense? How can you simultaneously not be part of the country, but then be part of it when they want to argue that you're not allowed to leave? Right. I mean, they're, they're in an open air prison. That's what we keep trying to tell people. And the reality on top of every angle you look at it, there's plenty of Palestinian factions that are living there or forced to stay there that aren't allowed to take part. But the people that are deemed illegal by the international community, despite what Israel says, are absolutely allowed to vote. This is what it looks like to this is a supremacist, racist, absolutist, apartheid state. That's what the human rights organizations are trying to tell you. And that's finally beginning to break that dam. But we just need to allow that. I mean, the problem is that people in the government, in your government, both Trump and Biden, absolutely allow this to continue. For crying out loud, it's called Trump Heights in Golan Heights. The, the occupied territory that Israel stole from Syria because it has all of the water and all the, I mean, as well as the fact that it gives them an elevated situation to be able to bomb down. Everything about it was completely about control. And they, they stole it. But it's okay because, you know, Trump was there. But here's another example. An Israeli court approved yesterday a decision by an Israeli occupation authority to demolish a Palestinian school in Ramallah. Why? Well, because, you know, they need to build something for themselves. But this, this is not a joke. I mean, this is what continues to happen. That you, you, People that want to see this stuff and don't understand, they go, well, there must be an explanation. They're probably building another one. No, it's not. It's exactly what it looks like. And it's that simple. They're literally destroying sacred graveyards to put theme parks up. The ones that, theme parks that Palestinians aren't allowed to go to. Because that's totally fair, right? Are there theme parks in the country where black people can't go to? Well, that's the same damn thing. If you're upset about one, you should care about the other. Problem is, we're allowed to be outraged in some cases, but you're not in others, right? They get to dictate that if you're allowing them to dictate your future. Oh, it's good to see Scott Ritter trending. He was censored while Elon Musk took over Twitter. So <laughs> love to see what happens there. He was talking about, you know, the Bucha war crime that was the Ukrainian war crime that was completely, com- obviously, provably Ukraine's military that carried it out and covered it up. If I even had, let me see if I, I think I have that still. Right there. What you're about to see, just since I talked about it, is the Ukrainian military dragging dead bodies into exact positions that were later put, they were later shown in an image on the ground, but called Russia. Невероятно храбрые, самые лучшие воины этого мира, военнослужащие украинской армии. They claim they were literally trying to demine these bodies. But yeah, from 10 feet away. It's just pathetic, right? You got to demine the bodies from 10 feet away. Maybe they are that stupid, but that's not what was happening there. They were caught. Maxar Technologies lied as a CIA cutout that it is, CIA cutout that it is, about what was happening. And that was proven by people better than me in regard to satellite imagery and so on. Bottom line, (laughs) Ritter was censored for saying what was actually happening. Congresswoman Marie Newman points out that Israel has imposed discriminatory restrictions on people traveling to the Western Palestinian Bank, or excuse me, the Palestinian West Bank, a move that impacts families in my district, she says, especially Palestinian Americans who will find it hard to see family. This is wrong and must end. Now, this may seem on the surface to be good. It's good either way because this never would have happened some, a year ago, a couple years ago, you know, let alone 10. But if you read the documentation, Concerns of unfair treatments of U.S. citizens attempting to go into the West Bank. So, you know, I get it. Why that? Why this bothers people. It only matters when it happens to Americans, right? So we don't care about the fact that Palestinians can't see their family 
in those areas, even though they're living in the area. No, 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 no. We care that Americans are being, you know, inconvenienced by having to you know, wait or not go. I mean, trust me, I'm glad anybody's pointing out this kind of authoritarian control over the area. But shouldn't it first matter that Palestinians are being withheld or, you know, being forced to destroy their own homes in front of their family, being beaten up in the streets? And I mean, my God, can we have some perspective, please, and realize who's actually suffering? But, you know, I, I digress. It's frustrating. But either way, I'm glad it's being pointed out, but it should matter more than just Americans, right? Now, actual last point before we get into the self-spreading vaccine section and kind of finish off with that. Well, it's a second half of the show, really, but, you know, a whole bunch to go on to is a discussion from KJP here in regard to the conversation we're having. And I just it just I have to end with this on this section. You'll see what I mean. So let's let's bring this up. In other words, 4352. KJP. president has long talked about our nation being at an inflection point. He has been clear democracy is under assault and we cannot pretend otherwise. The president will continue to call attention to the threat to, dem to democratic integrity and to public safety posed by those who deny the documented truth about election result. And oh, so all the Democrats in, in, in Trump's election? Let's go, out, go after him then. All, all the Democrats who stood up and said... Russia stole the election. How dare you undermine the election integrity, right? I'm sure that's what she's talking about, right? Those who seek to undermine public faith in our system of government. Unfortunately, okay. I mean, it's the same point. We have seen mega MAGA Republican officials. Mega MAGA Republicans. Those are, that's a, must be a new new group. <laughs> she's just reading. This is what she's doing. You can almost see her finger on the line. That's terrible. But okay, so only MAGA. Right. I mean, it's just think about how clumsy this is. They're trying to like, pass this together like literally nobody else. So you're only you are if you uh, question the election in any way, you're MAGA. Really? I, I know Democrats that question what I mean, that at least agree that what happened on, on with the Trump election, there was some stuff that went on. You have to be a complete ass to not see how obvious that there was stuff going on. And then realize how obvious it is that they were moments ago screaming about how a foreign country literally inserted a president. That's different, though. <laughs> I mean, this, is there really anybody out there other than people completely invested in the paradigm that can't acknowledge this? I mean, my God, this is just childish kind of stuff. But she's just reading. She, I don't even think she understands half the time. The point is, what she's telling you is that we're under threat because people question what we tell them is the reality. That's the point who don't believe in the rule of law. They the rule of law. Okay, so you mean like stealing land from Syria or burning their wheat fields? Oh, no, I know. Stealing their oil. That's what it must. That's that's legal, right? Or, I don't know, illegally removing somebody from president from a from presidency like in Bolivia? Or, I don't know, maybe stealing money from Venezuela? Or, I don't, should, should I continue? Those are all the rules-based order we're talking about, right? Refuse to accept the results of free and fair elections. Okay, so again... What about the example with Trump and Russia? Oh, okay, because that they that's the real time they got stolen from, though. So every other example is you guys trying to make up a lie, but that one was real, though. Okay, so even if that is the case, we should be able to say that it happened, right? I'm, not, I'm just playing games here. My point is that they you can see how easy it is if people have any intelligence to realize this is just a narrative. And many people just want to go along with it because they want to. 
and they fan the flames of political violence through what they praise and what they refuse to condemn. Okay, so exactly what you're doing when you don't condemn what happens in Israel, exactly what you do when you don't condemn what happens in every country you support that you don't look at, that you pretend isn't happening, the EUA, every one of them, right? I mean, think about how hypocritical and disgusting it is. She, again, she doesn't even know this stuff. She's probably even aware of half this stuff because she's just reading off a paper. The bottom line is the government who wrote that for her is well aware of what they're saying. It's just bad when other people do what they do all the time. That's what they're saying. Listen to it again. Oh, son of a gun. Sorry, I forgot that it was. I hate how they start this like right in the middle. Where, where were we right here? Both parties on both sides. They refuse to accept the results of free and fair elections. And they again, I'm sorry, I shared this before, but there's plenty of examples of that happening. What about Donbass? That was a free and fair election acknowledged by numerous international observers. But the U.S., who wasn't even there, stands up and goes fake from the other side of the world. No, didn't count because we don't like it. Okay, Venezuela, Maduro gets way obviously voted in, overwhelming support. That's why they pretty much almost protect, you you realize that they just gave up on Guaido and even tried to bring a Maduro back in by kind of the oil situation. Like, okay, we'll just pretend that we didn't call you the biggest threat to democracy. Guaido, where's he at? He's probably in a CIA prison right now. The point is that they just don't care. They're pathetically lying to you. They fan the flames of political violence through what they praise and what they refuse to condemn. Look at the Iranian protests. They're burning people in the streets. They're like, good people fighting for freedom, right? That's exactly the point. It remains important for the president to state strongly and unequivocally that violence has no place in our democracy. Democracy? <laughs> We're leaving live a democracy. Well, but the point, though, is accept the violence they spin around all over the world, right? That doesn't count, though. Well, that's freedom violence, so we don't count that. They're freedom bombs, right? I mean, think about how disgusting it is to have the most violent government on the planet who is actively committing violence, even if you claim it's for freedom, whatever that means, say that there's no place for that in our democracy while we're doing that, though, everywhere in our democracy. He believes other leaders of both parties on both sides have a responsibility to communicate this very clearly as well. Oh, what a what a false attempt to make it sound like you're criticizing everybody. Both sides have a, uh, an obligation to point the right the right side's failures out, right? And that's what she just said, right? Both have an obligation to have this conversation. Your conversation is about MAGA being terrorists. That's what you just said. You know, these people are bad. They're bad at what they do, and it's just it's failing. People can see through this if they want to. The president has been emphatic and optimistic that Americans care about protecting our democracy. He has consistently talked about the fact that America has emerged stronger from some of our darkest moments. I can't, just gross. I can't even watch anymore. It's just gross. I don't think literally any American feels that way. This is what they're projecting. They just, we Americans care about our freedom and our, our protecting our democracy. It's not, that's not the case. Right now, Democrats are pissed off with what Biden and everyone's been doing. They're calling out their own people. Republicans are feeling the same way in different reasons. They're hoping they change with the new wave they think is coming in. The point is, literally nobody feels like that right now. Nobody. At the most, you can argue the Republicans are very, like, pro, you know, the country and democracy as long as their people get in power. Either way, though, what she's saying, it's just not true. They are desperate to sell you on what they want you to think is the reality. Now, All of this that we just discussed, which took far too long, in my opinion, probably going to be an extra long show today if I can't get through this reasonably quickly. Not going to try to rush, though. All of this from the Pelosi story to Twitter to everything else. 
is genuinely taking our, our attention away from what's going on in the world. As you all know, Oops. And that doesn't have to mean that it's, like I said, it's not important. Or it also doesn't have to mean that what we're about to talk about is the only thing we're not seeing. But it does mean this, can, like, you know, North Korea and Iran and Saudi Arabia, but everything's starting to pop up all, of, all at the same time. This stuff is actually happening right now. Now, please tell me what else you see going on that's currently being not talked about. This just caught my eye. And this is wild to me. This is the Australian government. Dealings involving international release. Now, I understand why people might misinterpret this statement or the whole site as only things that are being dispersed or sprayed. I'll prove to you that 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 is happening. Many of these cases are, in fact, actual spraying of like agricultural seedings and stuff that are, I mean, I'll show you, it is, and that's alarming to me because they're talking about genetically modified organisms, GMOs and gene, like even using viral particles and stuff to, with our agricultural stuff to stop and add. And I mean, it's crazy, but it's being dispersed openly. They claim it's being controlled, but are we going to pretend like the wind can't, but this stuff is going to be, we are watching the world get changed in real time with this whole genetic editing and bio direction it's right in front of us nobody cares whether it's safe or not it says details on the applications of licenses for dealings involving international or intentional release of a gmo into the environment like even if that's as benign as what it says right there we're just talking about genetic mod you know whatever we're making new apples and new species and we're, that is alarming to me why don't we realize what that could potentially do if we don't really understand what those consequences are? But that goes far worse than just new species of fruit and plants. We're talking about injections. We're talking about all sorts of next level stuff, mRNA, that's being used right now in the world in real time. One of which, by the documents, is undeniably a self-spreading vaccine. It's happening right now. Let me prove that to you. We're going to go through a few of these. First, we're going to talk about the vaccine for animals that they're being deployed, which has mRNA, which is self-spreading, which is very clear. We're going to talk about the COVID injections that are listed in here, what that means, which you'll see right here. Janssen Janssen, AstraZeneca. You, what, what they list on these things. Now, let's, let's, let's be clear. Could those be sprayed? Of course, anything's possible. Those could be sprayed like anything else, but this does not indicate that. What it says here is it's the commercial supply of a genetically modified vaccine, which again, this is gene therapy, the genetically modified injections, what they are. Even the, even the mRNA is, is actually mod RNA. If you look at the documentation, it's modified. The point is that these are what they're supposed to go through in regard to Australia when using anything genetically modified, you see, and how that is then being released in the environment, whether through a clinical trial or through a vaccination campaign or through actual aerial spraying. And I'll show you all these examples. My point is that the COVID examples in here do not in any way indicate that they're being sprayed, just to make that clear out of the gate. But we're also going to talk about other injections. So let's start with, oh, whoops, hold on. Shoot, this was, I knew I was going to do that. I think it's, I'll come back to it. There's an example for this guy that I want to point out, but I'll come back to it. Let's start with Directive 193. Specifically, this is the self-spreading example that I'm talking about. Now, this is this is like now. This is October 26th. Commercial supply of a genetically modified vaccine against infectious larnga. Uh, it's trachea trachea virus in, in chickens. I forgot. I, I looked up the word earlier, but these words are all crazy. The point is that this is a. a let me try. Larnga trachea titus virus. <laughs> it's just crazy words. 
it, it relates to the trachea and like the in the, the throat area. The point is they're giving these chickens injections because of this virus, they claim. And this is the risk assessment, risk management plan for that. Okay. There's also the short version right here that kind of breaks it down in, in a summary. We're going to quickly go through some of these points on this document. Now, here's a really odd thing that I keep point. Actually, I forgot to look at these other ones to see if they had the same thing. Let me grab one of these real quick. So this one was commercial supply. Okay, so let's just look at this real quick. Let's see if it has the same document. And I'll show you what I mean once I grab it here. Full version PDF. Okay. It doesn't. See, this is very odd to me. Okay, so you, watch, check this out. This document is supposed to be only about this specific genetically modified injection that has to do with chickens, right? Everything else about this document does go into that. That's all it's talking about. There's no mention of COVID-19 anywhere. What do you make of this? I don't know why this is there, and this makes me very concerned. This RAM or RARMP, which is the Risk Assessment Management Plan, is open for consultation until December 21st, 2022. Written comments on the risks to human health and safety and the environment posed by this proposed supply of genetically modified COVID-19 vaccine are invited. Okay, that makes me really uncomfortable if this is somehow a cover for COVID-19 vaccines being given. I don't know or if that was a mistake or maybe this is a, a template and they forgot to change COVID-19 vaccine to the other one. I don't know. I'm not going to jump to conclusions, but it scares me that this is saying COVID-19 vaccine and the dispersal of this right now. I don't know. In chickens, I don't know. You guys can read into what you want. That's odd as hell to me. I don't know why. But here, I just had these highlighted from on my phone. I'll just read them from here. All this is directly from this document right here. So here's one of the first things that stood out to me. Under proposed the proposed dealings, it says they're, they're seeking authorization for the commercial supply of a genetically modified vaccine known as VaxSafe. Now, was that, uh, I believe that was this one. I'll come, I'll make, hold on, I'll come back to it. To prevent this disease they're discussing in commercial poultry, it says the vaccinated chickens would enter general commerce, including in human food. Okay, so I'll show you mRNA listed in this documentation. Regardless, we're talking about injections, vaccines with genetically modified organisms being given to chickens that are then being sold on the human market that do include an mRNA. That's concerning for a thousand different reasons watching what's happening today. Knowing these things do end up in the body. We've already talked about this. So that's concerning in its own right. It says for the ongoing supply, uh, the different testing methods and mods administration, the dealings assessed by the regular to conduct experiments with GMOs, transport the GMOs, dispose of the GMOs. Now, it's weird the way they frame all this, like these things are inherently dangerous, which I argue they are in many ways. And that's how they're framing this. But not to get bogged down, I would make sure I miss anything. Here's what it says in regard to Oh, and this is, gets into the self-spreading part of this. Now, here, let me just do this just so you can make sure you see this. On this page, page three. Just so, just because this is the most important part, and I want you guys to know this isn't some mistake or wrong or something. Give someone the reason to dismiss this, right? So that was page three. Make sure it's lined up. Administration 22. Right there. Okay. 
It says administration of the vaccine. Now, here's the point via eye drop. So right there, you can see that it's not being sprayed like like, you know, the conversation of it being sprayed above. I'll show you how that is happening in some cases, but it's saying the administration of the vaccine via eye drop would be carried out by farm personnel under the direction of a veterinarian. The applicant proposes to register this method of administration with the group they're discussing administration via eye drop and drinking water. I that in and of itself concerns me about the idea of these things being used in those ways are currently approved under both these directives. Bio properties also intend to test other methods of administration to optimize the vaccine efficacy. Efficacy. Now it says they will consider vaccine administration via eye drop in ovo, drinking water, and coarse spray. So right there, it does discuss the possibility of this being sprayed, just so we can see that, right? So they are openly discussing the idea that this could be, any injection could be used in a way, mRNA and otherwise, used to spray. Here's the most incredible part to me, guys. It's crazy how casually this is in there, and it's not a big focal point. It says all residual vaccine and associated waste, uh, which has come to the con- in contact with the GM vaccine, genetically modified vaccine, syringes, vials, eyedroppers, will be discarded into solutions containing appropriate disinfectants. Oh, actually, this isn't the part. It's the next one. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's this one. We'll get to it in a second. Sorry to give, get, jump the gun. I'm just blown away by this. It's important. The disposal of other waste. This is basically just showing you that they can spray it if they want to, that they perceive this to be slightly dangerous. They're going to perceive, I mean, even if they don't think it's dangerous, ask yourself this. If they're doing this for some random GM injection for chickens, you know, making sure the syringes and droppers and everything's completely contained and disinfected and everything, why aren't they doing that with masks currently today? Why aren't they doing that with all sorts of other COVID-19 related things? They're not. That tells you something. The disposal of all other waste is usually carried out via composting, burial, and so on. Um, it says, I think that was, oops, oh, I just, that was crazy. How the hell did it just jump to 63? Very strange. Here we are, back to three. I think that was the gist of it anyway. Yeah. Okay, so next, mRNA, 68. If we can grab that. Okay, 68. The region of the GMO genome flanking the deletion was sequenced. The sequence data indicates that the the GG transcription start and termination sequences were intact. And theoretically, transcription of an approximate 150 nucleotide mRNA could occur. Odd, that's just buried in here. As the the translation initiation codon remains in the transcript, this mRNA could theoretically result in the translation of a 27 amino acid non-functional protein corresponding to the non-coding regions of the ggmRNA. The potential expression of the mRNA and protein has not been investigated. Great! Why would we care about that popping up in the poultry that you might eat tomorrow? Crazy. We're conspiracy theorists, right? Okay. Lastly, or two, two last parts. It's 173. And this, guys, this is where I really, I, this took me back. Took me aback. Chickens inoculated with the geometrically modified organism also had greater tracheal mucosal thickness than those inoculated with the other version. The increase in mucosal thickness is consistent with increased inflammatory cell infiltrate in the mucosa, which they argue inflammation is good or whatever. I tend to think that's not a... Like, I, 
inflammation is a sign of a problem, in my opinion. This suggests that GG may play a role in influencing the inflammatory response of the site of the ILTV uh, infection. The GMO was shown to be attenuated as chickens inoculated with the GMO showed milder disease symptoms and had greater weight gain at four days post-inoculation where the gene was inserted. It says, in the same study, chickens inoculated with the GMO had similar titers of the virus and the trachea with... Again, I did it. How do I keep thinking this is the right spot? It is the last one. <laughs> I'm sorry. I keep telling... Either all this is important. I'm sorry. I keep thinking. I'm just excited to get to the self-spreading part of this. It's just wild to me. All this is important. What they're pointing out here is it's a suggesting the capacity for the in vivo replication and shedding of the virus from the trachea was not affected by the loss of GG. So first of all, that points out that the idea that this is supposed to shed is important and wasn't affected by the loss of the GG, which basically what they're talking about is they removed a certain protein, which is supposed to make this less dangerous, right? But still dangerous enough to be able to produce immunity because it's alive. We're talking about a live, a live attenuated virus. So what they're saying there is that the shedding was not affected. Very important. So it very clearly points out that they wanted that to happen. Here's the last part. This was uh, 81. Right? Yeah, 81. Okay. This is crazy. I keep saying this for sure. Biodistribution, shedding, and transmission. As mentioned above, the genetically modified DNA is mainly detected in the trachea of chickens, which is the main site of the problem and where it replicates. To study transmission of the genetically modified organism. Okay, no no debating what that says. The transmission. We're talking about an injection. They call it a vaccine. Okay, that's injected into the body. And the genetically modified organism is the injection. We're not talking about the circulating virus. That's not genetically modified, or at least we're told. The point being, if that's transmitting, there's no question. Even if it's by accident, that's the self-spreading. That's what's happening. You're injecting people, and they're spreading the virus. Now, well, I guess I take it a step back. They would argue, if trying to defend it, that a self-spreading vaccine creates immunity, not just getting people sick, which arguably the same thing. Anyway, this is... Their game, the COVID has made things so convoluted with the way they argue about natural nudity and so on. But going forward, it says chickens that had been inoculated with either the GMO or the other injection four days earlier were introduced into cages with naive chickens for six days. Chickens that hadn't gotten anything. Both, both, think about this, both the GMO and the one they already have been using this whole time were able to be transmitted to the naive chicken six days following exposure. Guys, that's wild. That means that the injection they've already been giving them thus far is transmitting. And yet, we're not concerned that could pass. I mean, look, their argument is the whole zoonotic problem anyway. So we're not. why would they not be concerned, based on their narrative, that this could spread to people? Because they don't want you to think about that, therefore that becomes fake news. Except, alternatively, they're all worried about bats and spreading zoonotic transfer, and I argue that plenty of people argue that's not even possible. You should question it for yourself. But it's funny how when they look at this, they don't factor that in. This is concerning as hell to me. And I'll even show you the documentation where it shows you there's a concern here about how this can go awry even when done in animals and spread to people. It goes more, though. No detectable DNA of the problem was observed in dust samples collected from GMO vaccinated and unvaccinated sheds taken at 14, 21, and 28, and 38 days. Dust from farms following outbreaks 
showed positive PCR readings indicating the presence of this problem. So they were expecting and hoping that it would shed either way, like in the context of like after the fact, like you can see it on the ground. But nonetheless, they were able to transmit the injection to other chickens within six days if they were in the same area. Scary. Transmission of the GMO to naive chickens who weren't injected was studied. Again, this is an intentional thing by the introduction of the unvaccinated chickens into sheds with vaccinated chickens the morning after vaccination as part of study two described above. 20 unvaccinated chickens to around 40,000 vaccinated chickens. Shed, five different sheds, chicken vaccinated via drinking water. This should scare us all, guys. This is what they're, this is not, I don't believe this is about chickens. Samples from the, the unvaccinated chickens were collected at day seven and 14 after their introduction to allow time for transmission to occur. We're not talking about the virus. These are chickens that are vaccinated, not supposed to be sick. There was only one instance of transmission that was observed in the study in one shed. These data show a very low transmission rate to in-contact birds. But the whole point was that they found in their first example of this that, that they were able to be inoculated with either of them within six days. So if they're claiming they weren't able to get sick from it, that's one thing. But they're saying they were inoculated. The vaccine transferred within six days. And that they were trying to see if that happened. That either means they know that's always a risk or that they wanted that to happen. Ask yourself. Come to your own conclusions. Now we go forward. By the, here, That's just one example. By the way, look at how many things on here, guys. This is, I mean, there's more than just these four pages. Look how many are on each page. There's four pages you can see. I don't know. Who knows how many are there? Let's do this real quick to look. Let's see. Go to the last. Well, let's see what we got. Oh, I guess only four. Okay. Well, four pages, which is still wildly too many. And each one of these things are discussing the release of some kind of genetically modified organism into the world. And just right, just taking the first one in front of me. Commercial release of cotton genetically modified for insect resistance. So what is that going to do to the normal cotton uh, population? I, what would you say? Cotton ecosystem. It's a good question. They don't care is the point. Either way, you can go through any one of these. Limited and controlled release of, of banana genetically modified for disease resistance. You know, what if this kills the bugs? There's so many things they're not, they don't care about this kind of, this was 2016. We're watching this stuff play out in the world today. But you can go forward all the way back to today and see all these things. Now let's go to the point we were at. Here's an example. Which one is it? 93. Oh, we'll start with 193. That's, oh, that's what we just did. This was just the summation, the summary, as you can see, infectious virus. That's the, that's the, oh, the parent organism, where does it say the, the GM vaccine has been previously approved for field trials to vaccinate boiler chickens against this. It doesn't mention anywhere in there the discussion of what we just went over, even though it's in the documentation. And you can read in there the, the same basic bullet points, but it leaves out, in my opinion, the most important stuff. The next one, 192. Now, here is an example of something I find very concerning. Clinical trial of a genetically modified chimeric orthopox virus, so cowpox, smallpox, all the stuff, monkeypox, as a cancer treatment. Check this one out. Just the summary. This is basically saying, so this is modified from a chimeric uh, pox virus. Now remember, the chimeric, this, we're talking about gain-of-function research here. 
strain which has been shown to target cancer cells. So we're putting stuff out in the world that could potentially shed and spread like we're talking about in general, genetically modified organisms, right? That target cancer cells. But what happens if it causes a cowpox, smallpox, monkeypox outbreak? Like maybe that's already been happening. Maybe these have already been used. They have been, by the way, that's the point. GMO would be, uh, would be manufactured overseas. The main points were down here. I didn't highlight anything. I just put it up because it's hard to highlight PDFs. Clinical trial of a genetically modified chimeric pox virus as a cancer treatment. It's already happening. Now, what they do is the deletion of a certain gene leading to preferential viral multiplication in cancer cells. Now, guys, just think about how that in and of itself could be very problematic. You're creating something. You're removing a certain gene that leads to preferential multiplication in cancer cells. But you know what cancer is? Uncontrolled multiplication or, or um, you know, that's the right word. Just, you know, growing and growing and growing and growing, right? Uncontrolled growth. So what if that got, what if that led to the wrong thing? What if it created preferential viral m m multiplication that got out of control? Or what if it multiplied the wrong thing? Let's not pretend like they can't make mistakes or end up doing something wrong. The point is, this is already being put in the world. It's genetically modified. So what happens if you used it in this trial and somehow gets out and ends up causing some rampant cancer problem? Are they going to admit that was them? Of course they won't. We're still arguing about the lab right now. Why this stuff is even still happening is the real point. Insertion of a human sodium iodine symporter gene, a human gene into this, to facilitate the visualization of the virus by medical imaging. That is crazy to me and actually brings back up the conversation of the luciferase, right? Now, I've talked about that already. My, my opinion, based on what we can see, is that it's just used for the, the you know, imaging, x-ray imaging and stuff in the trials and so on. Not because that's what they say, but because I don't see any evidence provably that it's currently in the injections, but their documentation very clearly says it's for the trials and testing inside to see and so on, right? That Until I can see it's in there, I'm not doubting that it is. I just need proof. Could be, could not be. I just don't see what, anyway, the point is luciferase also fades. So it doesn't actually make sense with the narrative people say it does that they can like scan you and test, but they could have altered it. So it stays on forever. I mean, I don't know. The point is, we shouldn't guess and we don't know because it leans in the direction of what we think is happening. But check this out. They inserted a human sodium iodine symporter, whatever that is, H-N-I-S gene, to facilitate the visualization of the virus by the medical imaging. So is that only the trial? Or is this cancer treatment actually have something in it that allows them to see how it's working in your body? That's pretty damn concerning to me. The proposed trial is a phase one study designed to evaluate the safety and efficacy of this chimeric orthopox virus alone and in combination with existing cancer therapy. Treatment of all Australian patients with this uh, advanced tumors. Proposed study is the first clinical back to be conducted. Where was it here? There's something else. The GMO would be administered to trial participants within a suitable medical facility. Staff preparing and administering the GMO would use personal protective equipment. Think about that. So staff that's simply giving the vaccine have to wear personal protective equipment. What does that suggest? Import, transport, and storage of the GMO will be carried out according to the guidelines. Waste and, and that may contain the GMO. So the substance in the vaccine will be disposed of as infectious material. Now you could argue it's just precautious. Precaution, I mean. It seems to suggest something else to me. 
The risk assessment concludes that the risk to the health and safety of people in the environment from this clinical trial negligible. The risk assessment uh, considers how the genetic modifications, where was it? I think it's right here. Credible pathways to potential harm that were considered include. So these are things that they consider possible from this injection. that They're being trialed in people right now to be given to people in the world. Genetically modified. These include potential exposure of people and animals to the GMO. <laughs> okay. Is self-spreading? Is it shedding? That's exactly what they're talking about. You could be exposed to this if around somebody who got it. And the potential for the GMO to transfer or acquire genetic material from other viruses. What? Is that what's happening today? Are we watching this thing mutate and change based on what is bumping up against? I'm just asking that to be objective. I might, again, I tend to feel this is being lied about. Either way, that's pretty damn concerning. What if that happened and got, got out? What if it bumped into something in the trial and got out of control? There's so many examples here. And they, you know what their answer would be? We don't know. The potential for the GMO to be released into the environment and its effects were also considered. Important factors in reaching a conclusion of the risk assessment include the GMO is designed to preferentially replicate in cancer cells and unintended exposure to the GMOs would be minimized by the limits and controls. Hopefully. It's just this very concerning. Now, is that the same one? 94, 92, 94. 94. Right. So what it's okay, this is getting to the point about spraying. Okay, so we're talking about agriculture. Limited and controlled release of perennial ryegrass, genetically modified for increased metabolizable energy content. There is an endless example of this, just as you would scroll down, most of the agriculture, the commercial import distribution of genetically modified altered flower color. I mean, these things are being rapidly introduced into the world without any concern about what these genetically modified organisms will do to the normal stuff that we actually want. <laughs> Here's what it says. Limited and controlled release of perennial ryegrass, right? So this, and this is what this, what they're talking about. An application for Gene Technology Act involving the release of these genetically modified in organisms into the environment, introduced genes conferring increased metabolizable energy content to these seeds. They're talking about seeds, essentially. They're talking about release of perennial ryegrass, genetically modified, to evaluate the increased metabolizable energy trait under field conditions. We have been... There have been no previous releases of this in Australia, so they don't know what will happen. The GMOs have been previously evaluated in the field in the United States. Okay, I'm sure we can trust what they have to say. Animal feeding studies may be conducted with the perennial ryegrass made into silos. So they're, essentially, they're talking about releasing this stuff into the wild. No use as commercial animal feed is proposed. So, I mean, I'm not necessarily, these are necessarily saying the, this one is an example of something being sprayed, but you can go through and look at all these and see that these are talking about seeds or environmental stuff. And some of them are indeed actually talking about things being released via aerosol. But you'd argue it's not that contentious because it's happening all around the world right now. It's only contentious because those like us are aware of what this stuff is doing to the world. But we know that they're spraying, you know, Monsanto and stuff. They've been spraying stuff forever. That's the whole Food Inc. documentary from a decade ago talking about how those seeds are drifting into their property and being taken over. Same conversation. So just realize that this is part of what's going on here. Finally, let me see what this, I'm just forgetting what this related to all of a sudden. The Roan MA, what was this? Son of a gun. 
It was the injection, I believe, for the chickens. Now, well, I'm gonna I'm not I'm gonna take too much time trying to find it. Well, the point was there was an example of one of these guys, <laughs> which is not gonna be be that profound now because I can't remember which one it was. Well, one of these injections being used in the world is backed by this group that's putting it out there, and it just so happens that their that their executive director used to work for Pfizer. Not that that necessarily means anything. In 1991, he left Pfizer and joined something else. But, you know, just thought that was interesting. There's a lot of overlap in this business, so it could be nothing. But then finally, we have the feasibility of aerosol vaccinations in humans. All right? Was it, is this just now being done? Is breaking news? No, this is from 2003. And you'll find it interesting that this has kind of just not been discussed after they, in the study, find it as viable and should be done. Now, it says the feasibility of using aerosol vaccines to achieve mass and rapid immunization, especially in developing countries and disaster areas, is being assessed on the basis of current available information. It's right there, right? They're, tell- they're discussing the idea of spraying vaccines. Not that it's happening just yet. I-, I argue that it would. If they're even thinking about it, it's probably already happened. That was probably Operation Sea Spray, for all we know. <laughs> the point here is that they're discussing how it's possible. That's all we're talking about. I'm not going to the other, I'm not looking at this and saying, look at what this is guaranteed this or that. We're saying this is possible. They're doing this that they're they're putting these things out into the world in a way that's unaccountable. It goes on to say the recommended optimal way of introducing an aerosol vaccine is nasal breathing. Well, we just talked about that. Technical requirements for the ideal aerosol vaccines and delivery systems, possible adverse events, and cost-effectiveness are other issues addressed. Several thousand human subjects have been aerosol vaccinated over a period of many years in Russia with live attenuated strains against many diseases. The live attenuated is one they claim is just reduced, but we've seen examples that 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 can be passed on. That's what just happened in the chicken study. So Russia is apparently already doing it, according to the study. Extensive field trials in South America with aerosolized live attenuated measles vaccines have also been successful. And excellent results have been reported, they claim, with pilot projects employing inactivated or live attenuated aerosol influenza A vaccine. Aerosol immunization seems a promising method of vaccination past the phase of initial feasibility evaluation. Yeah, you know the one problem they just failed to mention is informed consent. They just love to skip over that part of it, right? Now here's where we enter into the reality, guys, that this is, whether you think so or not, absolutely something that they want and are absolutely going for, if not already executing. And it's, it's just been put out there in many different ways. This discussion is being, uh, this was a, a article by National Geographic. I have it on the, the app here so it can actually be read because they have a paywall on it all of a sudden. They did it before. Very telling. A controversial quest to make a contagious vaccine. March 18th, 2022. Just one point I want to read, and this was that you know, there's plenty of other stuff in here, but it says others argue that the vaccine, the viruses used in these vaccines could themselves mutate, jump species, or set off a chain reaction with devastating effects across the entire ecosystem. Quote, once you set something engineered and self-transmissible out into nature, like they're talking about, like I'm about to show you that they want to happen, you don't know what happens to it and where it will go. This is an expert speaking, a biosecurity researcher at Oxford, who is saying, even if you just start by setting it out into animal populations like they're talking about, like they're currently doing right now and have been for years, guys, part of the genetic elements might find their way back into humans. Is that maybe not what has already happened? Couldn't we ask that? We know they've been doing this for a long time. Maybe that's what's happening. You know, I mean, that's that's the problem is that we don't aren't allowed to ask these questions. 
just so you can see it. Now here was 2020. This is, this is the beginning of the pandemic, the illusion. Could self-spreading vaccines stop a coronavirus pandemic? Gee, I wonder if they had a plan to float the. I mean, guys, this has been discussed long before COVID. Weird how it wasn't discussed in the midst of them giving you those injections, though, right? Well, you've seen this many times. I'm going to play this again. I played it in the opening. This is from. This is from the beginning. This came out two years ago. And this is openly discussing based on a European it, it's like symposium about this conversation, the ESOF 2020. This is talking about self-spreading vaccines. This is the most obvious example of what this is. There's no denying what this shows you. Since the outbreak of COVID-19, the word virus has been dominating media headlines as well as our daily lives. Did you know that one approach that has been proposed to control virally transmitted diseases is by releasing a virally transmitted vaccine? Unlike traditional vaccines, infectious vaccines do not require any individual consent. Infectious solutions are also being developed for food and agriculture and are currently making their way through the regulatory approval process. However, do we really want to intentionally disperse these modified viruses outside the lab? No, <laughs> that's muted because that, 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 because that's real guys. That's the problem. That's a real thing that is actually happening right now that they are talking about this. They are floating this idea. The information is all right in front of you. And, and, and this is the point here. Here is an example of a within COVID-19 conversation. This is Johns Hopkins, as you've seen many times discussing this exact topic. Now here, just as it floats in the beginning, it's just see, just so you could see the bubble where it literally says, Self-spreading human vaccine is one of the new things that are going forward in the future, right? In early development and high impact. That's what they're saying. The animal self-spreading vaccines are high impact and feel ready. That's the point. They are already using those self-spreading animal vaccines, potentially on you as the animal, right? But, I mean, I'm kind of being facetious. The point is they don't need that because they're openly pushing self-spreading comments, right? It's right there. They also put in, uh, self-amplifying vaccines as the new early development high impact, except that was the first thing I discovered. I mean, it's all documented, so it's very odd the way they're rolling this out. Very controlled. Jumping to the point. Self-spreading vaccines. First of all, it's not hard to see humans in that image. Okay, Johns Hopkins, in uh, when this was released, which I believe was 2021? I don't see the date on here. In any case, I believe it was 2020, either 2020 or 2021. And it says self-spreading vaccines, also known as transmissible or self-propagating vaccines, are genetically engineered to move through populations in the same way as a communicable disease. But rather than causing disease, they confer protection, or so they were told. Vaccine strain would then circulate in the population, much like a pathogenic virus. Increased vaccine coverage in humans or animal populations... It says it is highly uh, it says life live viral vaccines are attenuated, meaning that the vaccine viruses are much less pathogenic than wild type and would be similar to oral polio because we know well that's worked out in that those vaccines can sometimes transmit from person to person. So what we're, we're modeling it after the thing like the question we should be asking is whether the oral polio vaccine was an attempt at that. Right. Was that the first attempt at the self-spreading vaccine tested on people in India and Africa and it failed? Or maybe didn't, 
however you want to look at this. These are questions we really need to start asking. Down here, finally, it says, in the event of a grave public health threat, here's where we go. All they need to say is, if it's just that serious, right? COVID-19, oh my God, biggest pandemic in a century. Well, we got lied to. That wasn't even true. Here we are. So when's the next time they're going to go, grave public health threat? Maybe they already did. And institute self-spreading vaccines, right? Because in the event of a grave public health threat, self-spreading vaccines could potentially be used to broadly inoculate populations. So just wait. For some person at some level to be like, this is happening. Our our medical pre-crime says, our waste samples say, this is all coming to, in a week. We're all going to be overwhelmed. We have to get ahead of this. And we have no choice because we're desperate. So we're going to put this out. And sorry, we already did. It went out yesterday. Let's not pretend like that's not exactly what would, like we would think that was unlikely. Look at what they've already done. Like the approach in animals, only a small number of vaccinated individuals would be required in order to confer protection to a larger susceptible population, thus eliminating the need for mass vaccination, you know, and informed consent. Now, here's the other way to look at it. It doesn't even need to be admitted to. Now, that would be the argument that they didn't want you to be scared of what was happening, whatever that would mean if there was a genuine. The point is they could just use this, give it to a selecting group, select group and let it spread to the population. Now, again, Maybe that's what we're dealing with. Maybe that was tested to see if it worked on flu and it got out of control. These are all just possibilities. And you know that's possible based on everything we've seen. Now, here's an interesting example of somebody shared in our Discord. This is a new article, a new paradigm in infectious disease treatments and prophylaxis shaped by the current pandemic. It's just an interesting paragraph in here, which, by the way, now looking back, it's easy to say this. But when we said this in the beginning and still we're called conspiracy theorists. You know, the idea that this was done experimentally and the act in using it in your body was the experiment. And now we're learning lots about the new platforms that we want to roll out for the future. Literally, that's what this says here. The crushing and volatile impact of the pandemic allowed for some experimental drugs, among them the mRNA vaccines. Remember when that was fake news, <laughs> despite their own documentation literally saying experimental and investigational, whatever. It's just everything was alive before people wanted to accept what they were seeing. And they did this to gain emergency use authorization as well as approval in European Union. It took approximately eight months for the novel mRNA vaccines from the start of the clinical trial program uh, to, to be granted in November 2020. This was an unprecedented timeline, offering both the mRNA and uh, adenoviral vector vaccine platforms. Both they call platforms. That's telling. Since the first rollout, to the general public in mid-December 2020, both vaccine types have been given to millions of people with more waiting in line. Meanwhile, the medical community gains exponential insight into the safety, well, wait a minute, re reactogenicity and immunogenicity of the platforms themselves. So not even the vaccines, we're talking about the mRNA platforms. So we're using you as a means to an end to find out if this platform even works. At least that's what this med paste points out, what they think insight into the safety so what you're giving somebody an injection when you don't know the full insight yes that's what emergency authorization means they don't know but you took it anyway just because some person some brian stelter said so on some crappy channel that's the problem is that people chose to listen now here pcr test now i am going to do this really quickly because i want to get done before three hours here Simone Gold points this out. Breaking peer-reviewed study shows a 42% false positive rate for COVID-19 QRT-PCR test. Now, that again, important to point out. Now, 
take this with a grain of salt. In my opinion, I have a big issue with the PCR test in any form being used to diagnose whether you're sick or not. Because Kerry Mollis made this clear, guys. He's the inventor. There's plenty of other examples that I pointed out through beginning to end where they're pointing out that this is not used appropriately. It, it has a use, and it could be, but it needs to be used with other things. It's a yes or no answer, and that's it. That's what we need to know. The point in the study is not is that just this one version of it was the problem. The PCR version they used for SARS with the beginning, that's what they should have used. Now, you can debate that all day long. And, I, you know, I just am very skeptical about the, this thing. I shouldn't even say, say skeptical. I doubt that this is the right tool because of the creator's words on it. I'll leave it at that. But that's not the point, though. The point is just, I guess, the one caveat they're saying that this other one should be used. The point, though, is they're pointing at the one that is being used now for COVID-19 and yet again being proven that it's a coin flip. All COVID-19 jab studies using that test to determine case studies, which means COVID-19 jab outbreak data is unreliable and flawed. Again, we all know this, though. We know this because the data has shown that because the, everything else we've seen, this is just on top of all of it. Another study peer reviewed is clearly finding this. Here it is. This, oh, this is a uh, James Lyons Weiler's post on it. Peer reviewed study confirms fatal flaw in PCR testing. 42% false discovery rate. It's, it's, it's important. And a lot of good information in here talks about the two scientists involved and how they were shouted down about it. I hope you read it for yourself. Just so we know this, share it with the average people that don't know any better. Cause this is important. Here's the study itself. Evidence-based PCR diagnosis, and it shows you very clearly that this is not what should be used. Now, to finish, both with, it's kind of a combination of the amnesty point as well as the shift into, well, basically admitting that things were disasters, but using some kind of argument to sidestep why you were responsible I mean, this is why they're calling the amnesty. And just to be clear, by the way, I, I take issue with this being framed as Democrats trying to call for amnesty. There is plenty of Republicans absolutely culpable in everything that happened, including Trump, by the way, who initiated the original emergency that started the whole thing. That's still the emergency in place. If that emergency wasn't declared, at the very least, people after him would have had to start everything and declare that, initiate the Defense Production Act. I mean, all of what is happening is only there because Trump began that movement. You have to understand that. So you have to have culpability. If you pretend he's not involved, then I don't trust what you're saying. Because he, whether he knowingly was involved, that's a question. His choices led to where we are. They led to the restriction of your freedoms. They, during his administration, guys, under some Democrat location, excuse me, many Republican locations, but mostly Democrat, I'll admit that. Here's what this is first. Reminder. Justin Trudeau responds to people who didn't want the vaccination and lost their jobs by saying, and this is where we will go. We all knew this was going to get to a point where they're going to say it was their choice. Nobody ever forced them. And there are consequences, right? What a dumb thing to say after saying you weren't forced, right? Well, here's, here's what he said. COVID for a moment, the, the Emergencies Act. Um, you've seen the people who continue to wave flags. There's going to be apparently another demonstration on Canada Day in Ottawa, people who oppose vaccine mandates and the way you've handled it. How dare they wave flags? What a bunch of Nazis, right, guys? What are you doing to reach out to those people? You didn't meet them when they were here, and people may understand that, but what are you doing now to ensure that they understand that the decisions were being made the way they were because of, there were reasons for it? Well, I think... Because there were reasons. Did you hear that? They had reasons. Wow. Okay, I'm sold. As long as you have reasons, well, whatever then. <laughs> this, this is journalism, guys. CBC Radio. Great job.
Wait, we're going to push back on authority. <laughs> flags. There's going to be apparently another demonstration on Canada Day in Ottawa, people who oppose vaccine mandates and the way you've handled it. What are you doing to reach out to those people? You didn't meet them when they were here, and people may understand that, but what are you doing now to ensure that they understand that the decisions were being made the way they were because of, there were reasons for it? Well, I think you know the the issue that we're all fighting right now is there's a whole bunch of people who uh, have been uh, victims of massive misinformation and disinformation. I honestly don't want to waste your time with this nonsense. I want to get done before three hours. But I would play it otherwise, but it's it's exactly what you just heard or read on the tweet. I just don't want to buy. You don't. I want to have to let you listen to him drone on about the the misinformation that he knows is not the case. In any case, the idea is nobody was forced, right? Not like they were coerced or anybody was for was you know pressured or you know no 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 it was always your choice right your completely uninformed choice because we hid the side effects hid antibody dependent enhancement hid all the things that were proven by peer reviewed science but you know trust the science right Professor Peter C Gottschetz <laughs> says an anti vaxxer a quote an anti vaxxer is a person who opposes the use of some or all vaccines regulations mandating vaccination or usually both. According to U.S. Dictionary, no joke, guys, Denmark is a nation of entire anti-vaxxers, right? We stopped using the AstraZeneca COVID vaccine. It was too harmful. I mean, think about how wild this is. This is what we talk about in regard to changing definitions, being led by balanced risk assessment, not worst case scenarios, being led by information, not definitions. That was the WHO that wrote that. Someone wrote, huh, on a comment to this post, so you could love vaccines, be up to date, <laughs> Have all your boosters, and yet if you oppose them being forced, you're an anti-vaxxer? Who makes up this garbage, right? Yes, we've been saying this from the beginning. That's how dumb this is. You can have all your shots and then choose not to get the booster, and suddenly you're a conspiracy theory anti-vaxxer. How can you be an anti-vaxxer if you've gotten shot? It's just because these people are lost, guys. They're lost. And if, in fact, to mo for most of the average people that are just being swayed by government media, we should feel pity for them. We should feel bad for them. We should try to help them. I know it's hard because they're shouting at you, but these people are confused and they're mi they're misled by the authority people they're told to trust. Be better than them. But here's where it goes. And this is funny because guess what? They've already changed the title. It just shows you how pathetic corporate media is today. The Telegraph says, the disastrous legacy left by the pandemic as non-COVID excess deaths overtake COVID deaths. Good. Somebody's pointing it out. Experts believe higher deaths from heart complaints and diabetes mean the indirect effects of the pandemic will be greater than COVID. Of course, they're blaming it on the indirect, not the injection causing the things we've proven can cause that, but we don't want to talk about it. No, no, no. Not the perfect correlation with the administration of the injection. No, no, no. It's got to be some abstract thing we can't even remotely prove. Pathetic. Sarah Napton, pathetic. But here's, and she's a science editor. But here's, this, of course, James Melville says this was inevitable. Lockdowns and restrictions were the biggest government policy mistake of modern times. Here's what the image was. Here's what they've changed it to. Like, they just can't stop changing every updating. Look, they don't even write. They updated it. Rising non-COVID excess deaths revealed the disastrous legacy of the pandemic. Now, what's the difference? The disastrous legacy left by the pandemic as non I mean, what, it's just a strange. I think there's a reason they didn't want to say disastrous legacy left by the pandemic. Either way, they change it. But what they're writing about here is exactly what you might think. 
that, yeah, it's mistakes, lockdown, we should have done it this way, except we're already proposing lockdowns for the next whatever we're going to say. And that is literally happening in the UK and the US, even as they write this. Think about how dumb that is. So we're pointing out that lockdowns kill more people than they saved to save face by hiding that the vaccines are actually hurting people. Except in 30 seconds after this, we're going to tell you lockdowns are coming back for climate change, right? Don't ask questions, you conspiracy theorist. Gotta love how dumb this all is today. And finally, let's declare a pandemic amnesty. Now, I'm not going to go into this deep because I talked about it a lot with uh, AM Wake Up. For those that missed it, I'm sorry. I know you may want to hear my thoughts on this. I could. This deserves its own show. And I'm not even going to get into it all right now. Maybe I will for something on the side. Just because this is exactly what you think. I said it all on that show. Everyone's been talking about it. I will show you some some clippets of snippets of people talking about it. But the point is, this comes down to exactly what you might think. The people, and that's not just Democrats, but I will clearly point out that it's most, that are very aware that everyone's beginning to realize they were lying, that are beginning to realize that they were involved in what went on or culpable or complicit in lies or just went along with because they were afraid. They're beginning to see that people aren't quiet anymore. That the, the evidence and experts and peer-reviewed science is coming out every which direction, proving that they hurt people, proving that they killed people, proving that every action they took, in fact, increased their risks. And they're going, okay, let's just all look forward and not look back, right? Let's all declare an end and say, we're all bygones be bygones, and let's just all pretend we all made mistakes, right? Let's all move forward. Hell no. You know what? You know why they chose the word amnesty? That means government pardon. That's why. Because they want to be pardoned for what they did. They didn't say, let's all move forward and forget. They didn't say, let's declare a pandemic truce. No, no, no. They said amnesty for a very clear reason. Because they don't want you to look into this and they want to pretend that we've been given a pass. The bottom line is, they're scared. Because you see what's going on. So they want to move forward. You know, let's just move forward and be done with it, right? We all want to heal. Well, yeah, that is true. But the first thing we need to heal is accountability people to be held accountable for the knowing crimes they committed and that includes the media the government and people in power so we want to talk about an amnesty well after people go to jail for the largest mass killing and mass transfer of wealth and i mean everything we could possibly talk about now here is her posting my latest in the atlantic and this person just says nah like you know you can f off is basically what he's saying and she goes yeah i remember or no, excuse me, short sales. Yeah, I remember. And it says, shaming people who haven't gotten vaccinated is not likely to work at this point or ever. What will? Individual family pressure. Maybe vaccine requirements for things that you want. And basically saying, you know, force them. And the other one here, strong endorsement here. If you're pregnant and unvaccinated, get vaccinated. Right, because it's safe? No, they don't know. Everything the document says, everywhere you look right now, says we don't know if it's safe for pregnant people. Said it then, says it now. People like that. They think they're supposed to say that because they think the CDC said that it's safe or they did anyway. And so they sell you on that as somebody in a position of power, acting like they're an informed journalist or whatever she's supposed to be. Yeah, a journalist, even though they don't have no clue what they're talking about. For those that might be just tuning in. I don't know why that doesn't pop up. When I search for it, <laughs> it's frustrating. Wait, let's do this very quickly. Since I searched for it. Oh, it's not right. Here we go. Can't search. It would. It should show up since I bring it up all the time. First one. Here it is. Okay. Point is, this is just a one-stop shop for those that want to show people, especially pregnant women that think it's safe to get these injections. They have no clue 
How can the COVID jab, bivalent and original, be recommended as safe to pregnant breastfeeding women if the most current official documents from the jab makers show they do not know if it's safe? Simple, because it's exactly what it says. No data available regarding whether these are safe in pregnancy. No data available. My God, that's August 2022. The safety profile of the vaccine is not fully known in pregnant or breastfeeding women. They don't know. How disgusting. And yet here's the CDC. Safe for pregnant women. The very things they would use to find out if it's safe is exactly what we just looked at. They're lying. I mean, this is criminal. These are the kind of people I'm talking about. They need to be held accountable for knowingly putting pregnant women at risk when their job is to literally keep them safe. So here's a journalist saying these things because she thinks she's supposed to, or maybe because she thinks they're right, knowing she didn't do her due diligence to find out because she just trusted what the CDC said, probably thinking that means due diligence. I thought I had, uh... oh, I thought I had another thing for her. Uh, Regardless, anyway, I thought there was a funny comment. I guess not. Maybe I just missed it. But going forward to finish off, as Bernie's tweet points out, there can be no amnesty. There can be no forgetting, and there will be no little. There will be very little forgiveness. We remember every detail. The people who did this want pandemic amnesty now. Hard no. Just showing people suffering through this. Oh, trying to. This was them. Somebody trying to sit next to their family member at a funeral, and they forced them to move. Sorry, sorry. Don't hug your family members as you're mourning the loss of somebody. You know, f that. When I, when I, I, I my grandfather passed away during this, and. I, they tried to do the same thing to us, and I absolutely refused. They saw it in my face. They didn't even try to force it. Get get away from me. It's not going to happen. Because my grandmother, you know, they, you need contact and stuff like this. That's exactly the point. Chris, early treatments, Martinson points out, there's not a chance in the world I'm granting amnesty or giving a mulligan to all the people who willfully refuse to be reasonable or consider all the data. I will never forget these people. Nobody should be asked to forget this. Now, there's a fine line to be said. I agree with 100%. never forget what happened. Never forget everybody that you feel did not, that chose to be ignorant in this, but there's a line needs to be drawn for accountability. And, and, and I don't know what the right word is. Trust me. I understand that we want to take this out on your neighbor that, that, that thought they were right and was snide and mean to you about it, but we just need to go be bigger, be the bigger person. Don't be like them, be better than them. Grow past it. Now you can let that reflect on your friendship or lack thereof because of what they did. But, Let's reach for the people that need to be held accountable that were confusing that person, not the person who was confused by those in power, right? Let's be better than them. And, and I, I'm not saying anything against Chris. I agree with everything Chris said right here. And I'm just pointing out the, the, the pictures here. Patient refused COVID vaccine was denied a heart transplant. Disgusting. Those people are what I'm talking about. Here's the last one, last couple. FU, FDA. Could you be any more obvious? I mean, look at this. Red red X is not FDA approved for COVID. Red uh, check mark is FDA approved for COVID. And it says cost per life saved. Well, melatonin. I mean, all these over everything listed, by the way, has shown to have an effect on COVID-19. That's why he's posting these. Melatonin, $11. That's all it takes to cost for, if it's going to save your life. Vitamin D, vitamin C, ivermectin, $22. Chloroquine, $26. Well, let's dance over to the ones they are allowing and how much that costs. Paxlovid, $78,000. Think about how ridiculous that is. Remdesivir, $208,000. Cost per saved life, even though it's killing people. We live in a broken world if this is being allowed. John Hassan points out, same point. Mocking anti-vaxxers, COVID death is ghoulish. Yes, 
but maybe necessary, says the LA Times. Maybe necessary to make fun of your of your dead family member, your dead, you know, and somebody who died while not being injected. But of course, they assume that means because they died because COVID. But the other way around, if somebody dies while injected, you damn well better not assume it was because of the injection. That's called hypocrisy. Finally, she points this out, and this is just horrifyingly sad, and I'm going to play it because we need to remember what happened. As she says again, there will be no amnesty for all those who forced and supported inhumane, barbaric, and unscientific rules on citizens to keep themselves safe because they were scared. We see you all. You call for amnesty, we call for justice. We won't forget what you did. Hi. Yep. Oh, my God. It's okay. Wow. 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 That 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 got me for some reason, man. I I've seen that before. How, I mean, how will you possibly allow something like that? Wow. I mean, it's just it's just crazy. <laughs> how do we possibly allow something like this in our society? I mean, I, you know, I don't you, choice is what I'm talking about here, guys. My God. It just makes me sad. I just was just talking to somebody today, the, the guy I was just talking about, and it just got very emotional. I guess it just stuck with me. It's just very it's very, very, very hard to understand how any compassionate person can think that this makes sense. Lastly, November 1st, censor and suppression of COVID heterodoxy, hetero, hetero, heteroxy, 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 heterodoxy, tactic and counter tactics. The point here, you can read for yourself, is this new study on the first is finding that this was wrong. Simple as that. In the efforts to silence alternative voices, widespread use was made not only of censorship, but of tactics of suppression that damaged the reputations and careers of dissenting doctors and scientists, regardless of their academic or medical status, and regardless of their stature prior to expressing a contrary opinion. In place of an open and fair discussion, censorship and suppression of scientific dissent has deleterious and far-reaching implications of medicine, science, and public health. Right, not deleterious effects on vaccine hesitancy. No, no, no. We care about the fact that you are hurting exactly what you're now using as a justification to go forward. That, oh, we destroyed public health trust. That was gone before this started. You're using that as an excuse. What you did was expose the truth and hope that you scared us into taking these injections. The reality, guys, is that we are very well aware all of this is, I mean, everything in front of us couldn't be more obvious today. Everything. Everything we're dealing with is there and obvious and in your face, they're just hoping that you're too scared to, to acknowledge that you see it. They're too scared to speak about it, let alone acknowledge it. Or let acknowledge it, let alone speak about it. They're hoping that you will stand down. We need to continue to stand up. 
There's never been a more important time in history to stand up and fight for what you believe in, because I'm telling you right now, it's coming to a head. And I'm not saying that in the context of fear-mongering or hyperbolic discussion. That's They're creating this. They are driving this to that point in hopes that we are scared. I to be honest, I'm not, I, I mean, I'm concerned, but I have never been more resolute in my life about where this needs to go. Stay the course. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.